You tell me. You just tell me. You invite me down. I'll come down. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'd like to ask everybody to uh, please rise and remain standing after our Pledge of Allegiance. And I'd like to ask our outspoken, never-ending speaker, auditor, Bob Melton, to leave us in, in our Pledge of Allegiance. customary at this time that we observe a moment of silence for those people who have, uh, who have of notable persons in our community have recently passed. Ask my colleagues if they want to recognize anybody. Commissioner Fisher. Yeah, Mayor, just wanted to um, recognize a, a neighbor of ours who uh, their two-year-old child fell into a canal and lost their lives. So just wanted to remember their family as they had two other children as well. So just want to keep them in our prayers. Anybody else? Let us also honor all the brave men and women who have served and continue to serve in our armed forces, both here and abroad, and thank them for their service. I'd ask that we pause for a moment of silence. Thank you. Please have your seats. Again, welcome. Uh, today is September 24th to our Broward County Commission meeting. Um, the commissioners will have an executive closed session in room 430 at 1230. Um, we also have a budget hearing in the commission chambers tonight at 501, so I'm sure you'll all want to stick around for that uh, budget hearing at 501. Um, today's music was selected by Commissioner Ryan. He chose to play Branded Man by Merle Haggard and a change is gonna come by Sam Cooke. Also want to, also want to uh, publicly acknowledge um, for the first time in five years that I've been elected, uh, Commissioner Ryan's generosity in, in actually uh, having a phenomenal food choice order for his fellow commissioners. It's, it's an incredible thing that you've overcome. It's better to give than receive. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's an incredible feast uh, in the kitchen uh, that uh, Commissioner Ryan did. I, I got a little tasting station over here. <laughs> uh, we have actually one proclamation, if you could believe that, only one proclamation. Senator Rich will help the Broward County Animal Care and Adoption accept a grant check from the Petco Foundation. had the, um, the uh, privilege last week of uh, joining our animal uh, care um, and, and adoption director, Lorelei Combs, at the Petco store in Plantation uh, for a presentation of a check. So I thought it'd be a good idea to do it here, and I would love to ask the mayor to come down and help us accept this check from uh, Petco. And I'd like them, everybody to come up, including our uh, our two animal friends who are here with us today, Jazzy, who was at the store the other day, and Maud, is a new addition. And we've got, uh, we have Lorelei, who's the director, and Lisa Mendheim, who's the program coordinator, and Phil Gowen, field supervisor, and Philip Vieira, kennel supervisor, 
And Brian Knott, please step up here, Brian. He is the store manager of the Petco store in Plantation. I want you to know they had the managers of all the stores from where, like Jupiter on down? Yes. Jupiter on down, at, uh, uh, along with the woman from the, uh, from the foundation. So um, we, we're, we are receiving a $250,000 life-saving grant from Petco Foundation, which will expand our critical, low-cost spay-neuter programs through community clinics and mobile vans. Additionally, the grant will provide free microchips, wellness clinic services, pet supplies, and behavioral training directly to pet owners in underserved communities. This grant and all the services it provides will help move the Broward County Animal Care and Adoption Shelter further toward our no-kill goal of 90% live release rate. It's wonderful to have a community partner like Petco Foundation, and I'd like to just introduce to you uh, Brian Nutt. Brian. Hello. Thank you for having me here today. So at Petco, we uh, have the Petco Foundation. We always uh, ask every guest when they come into the store if they like to donate. Sorry. So Petco's been doing this since 1999. So not only that, we want to make sure that all the pets have a you know a good home. Um, as you know, no kill shelters. We we like that. So at pretty much, you know, we do a lot at Petco. We make sure that everything that we do for when we ask for donations that it goes towards our local shelters and we're proud, proud to present it to the Broward County aid. Thank you. Thank you,
This is a historic day. There's only one proclamation, and we're moving on. Unbelievable. Okay. Um, I'm now going to read the uh, Tuesday morning memo. Uh, first of all, consent items are 1 through 34. Public hearing items are 35 through 43. Regular items are 44 through 59. I request the following withdrawals and Scrivener error corrections and inclusion of additional information. Withdrawals, deferrals, substitutions. Item number 45. The county has been notified that the requester for the delegation is unable to attend the meeting and therefore the item is being withdrawn. Scrivener's errors. Item number seven and eight currently reads, motion to approve affiliation agreement between authorize the mayor and the clerk to execute same and authorize the county administrator to take all necessary administrative actions to implement the agreement. It should read, motion to authorize county administrator to execute an affiliation agreement in substantially similar form and authorize the county administrator to take all necessary administrative actions to implement the agreement. Item number 16, the board's action will be based on the substitute resolution which corrects two Scrivener's errors distributed as additional material by the Office of the County Attorney. Item number 41, motion to adopt, currently reads, um, it, it should read, um, Exhibit 2, Council doesn't make sense how this is on here, but uh, it should it's a should read, Exhibit 2, page 2, it, line 2, change the word determined to determined. Mayor, at the beginning, I think it says, uh, motion to adopt currently reads, Commission District 5 should read Commission District 7. And then it goes on to the... Okay, I got it. Okay, currently reads Commission District 5. It should read Commission District 7. Uh, exhibit 2, page 2, line 2. Change the word from determined to determined. Exhibit 2, page 2, line 13. Currently reads lying and being in Broward County, Florida. Should read lying and being in Broward County, Florida. Sketch and legal descriptions attached here too and made a part hereof as Exhibit A. Mayor requests without objection, item 46, 47, 49, 52, 53, 55, and 59 be moved to consent. Additional information, item number 32, the motion statement should be amended to reflect a change to the September schedule in addition to the October schedule. Item number 48, Commissioner Michael Udine would like to be listed as co-sponsor. Please note, first item to be heard after the consent agenda, prior to the public hearing, items will be item number 48. Additional material, regular meeting, item 1-C, board appointment submitted by Mayor Mark Bogan. Item number 16, sub substitute resolution submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Item number 26, proposed modification to section 2.13 submitted, submitted by Commissioner Lamar Fisher. Item number 32, revised calendar submitted by County Administration. Item number 42, memo to the board submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Item number 44, Mayor's Parking Garage, submitted by Mayor Mark Bogan. Item number 54, memo to the board, submitted by the Office of the County Attorney. Item number 54, subparagraph 2, memo to the board, submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Item number 55, memo to the board from the Broward Commission on the Status of Women, submitted by Commissioner Nan Rich. Item number 58, scoring sheet, submitted by Commissioner Steve Geller. Additional material, public hearing, item number 42. Memo to the board, submitted by the Office of County Attorney. And with that, I will uh, go around the dais to see if any commissioners would like to pull any of the items that we have, starting with Commissioner Fisher. I need to pull 26, Mayor. Item 26, pulled. Anything else? Commissioner Fisher? That's it. That's it. Uh, just a comment on number three and number 49. Okay, Commissioner yeah. Shreve. Thank you, Commissioner Shreve. Commissioner, Vice Mayor Holness. Seven, eight, 
Commissioner Ryan? Uh, I'd like to move item 50 to, to consent. Pardon me? I'd like to move item 50 to consent. Okay, we're not doing that. You're pulling anything off of uh, consent. We're not moving to consent. Kenny? Well, Mr. Mayor, you want number to move 50, item 50 is the mayor's consent? report. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll put 50 on consent. <laughs> You're a little slow this morning. I know. I'm are we, are you want to leave it? Are we leaving it on 50 of regular? Stay on. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. That's going to be a long day. Okay. <laughs> Senator Kanish Geller. Uh, can you confirm that you've already pulled 26? Yes, we pulled okay, 26. Case, Commissioner Fisher? In that case, nothing. Okay. Commissioner Dean? Uh, 26, I was going to pull. Item 47. Okay, so let's see if I can get this done right. Any uh, audience polls are number uh, 16, 16 and 26. 26. Yep, we got it on here ready. Okay, so cons consent items would be 1 through 34 minus 3, 7, 8, 13, 16, 26, 33, 47, um, 47 49, and, and the items transferred to consent also are 46, 52, 53, 55, and 59. Got it. Mayor, I'd like to move to approve that. Second. I have a motion to second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Thank you, Josh. Show that passing unanimously. So um, we're first going to go to um, item number 48. Uh, item number 48 is a motion to adopt a resolution opposing the global boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement, urging Israelis and Palestinians to return to direct negotiations to end the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Senator Geller, uh, take it away. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, if you'll give me just 30 seconds, well, okay, it looks quite enough. Sure, let's uh, okay. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, this uh, commission is very familiar with the boycott, disinvestment, and sanctions movement, the BDS movement. Um, we have already taken action to prohibit. Uh, we had passed something pertaining to Airbnb when they were refusing to rent uh, uh, in certain parts of Israel. Um, additionally, um, as we've discussed this, I was contacted by the community and pointed out that a lot of communities in the state of Florida have passed resolutions in opposition to BDS, but Broward County has not done so. Uh, therefore, I have placed this resolution, and with your permission, Mr. Mayor, we have the Consul General of the State of Israel here, and with your permission, Mr. Mayor, I'd like to hear from uh, Consul General Lior Hayat. Please. Thank want you. To introduce him. Okay. Um, this is uh, the Consul General of the State of Israel to uh, Puerto Rico and the Southeastern United States. Um, he has held this post since um, February of 2016, and unfortunately, he will not be 
with us here in South Florida much longer. He has been promoted and will shortly take his post as the new spokesman for the Israel Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And uh, I consider uh, Consul General Hayat a friend, and I'm, I'm very pleased to see him again. I'm sorry to see him leaving. Please come on up. Everybody. The whole join team. Me. Join me. And could you introduce your team? Good morning, Mayor, Vice morning. Mayor, Commissioners, dear friends. I want to introduce my team, my Deputy Consul General Casa Harbor, and the, my Political Director Lisa McClaskey. I'm Lior Hayat. I'm the Consul General of Israel, and I want to thank you for raising this issue. I want to thank you for taking a stand against a discrimination, taking a stand against racism, and taking a stand against anti-Semitism. Because BDS does not stand for boycott, diversion, diversion and sanctions. BDS thinks, stands for anti-Semitism. This is the new face of anti-Semitism, and their only goal is to destroy the state of Israel. This is not what I'm saying. This is actually what they are saying. And I'm very happy to see that people around the world and countries around the world are taking a stand against it. Just last week, Great Britain denied the entry of the uh, creator of the BDS movement uh, because he's a supporter of anti-Semitism. This is the moral stand that we, can, we should take. I know that South Florida, and especially the Broward County, is the home of the second largest uh, community of Holocaust survivors in the world. The first one is in Israel. The Holocaust started way before the Second World War started. And it started with a policy of boycott against Jewish businesses in Germany, later on in other parts of Europe. This is not a new policy. Boycotting Israel, such as boycotting Jews in other parts of the world, is a face or a, a, a way of discriminating Jews, and which is anti-Semitism. And I want to thank you for taking this stand against it. I want to also take this opportunity and wishing you all a very happy New Year, Jewish New Year that we will celebrate in less than a week. Usually the tradition is to say Shana Tova Metuka, which means have a good and sweet New Year. And a lot of people ask, why do you need to say both good and sweet? Because those are very similar, but actually this is not the case. Because a lot of the things that are good for us are not that sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the things that are sweet are not good for us. <laughs> we wish you all a very good and sweet New Year that we will be, it will be a year of peace and health to all of us and friendship, obviously. And I want to wish all of you to see you next year in Jerusalem. Thank you very much. Wait, hold on. Uh, um, so we, we, is this a, uh, a motion to adopt a resolution? Are we voting on this resolution? Yes, sir. We would be voting okay. on this. Yeah. Then there right. is another right. issue. Right. So while you're staying here, um, does someone want to move that? Yes, Ms. Mayor, I would only say two things. First of all, I was about to bring up normally those of us of the Jewish faith say, you know, next year in Jerusalem for you. It for will sure. really uh, be <laughs> next year in Jerusalem since that's where you will be. Um, 
And Consul General Lior Hayat referred to uh, Omar Barghouti, who was the founder of BDS. And again, it's quoted, I'm not reading this because it's long, but has specifically stated that there is no place for Israel in the Middle East and that he is, they don't want to see the country exist. So uh, at that point, Mr. Chairman, I do want to recognize that Vice Mayor, excuse me, Commissioner Udin has also uh, uh, appeared as a co-sponsor, and at this point well. in time, oh, I was going to move it, but after anybody else wants to comment. Well, I was going to second your motion and co-sponsor as well, if you wanted that. I'm, I'm delighted to have as many co-sponsors as All right. possible. I, I'd like to also show the record that I'm, I'd like to be co-sponsor. I do. Yeah. Commissioner I mean, also, yes. I think it's okay. probably, so you know. I think everybody, everybody wants to individually be listed as a co-sponsor. Right. Great. I think yeah. we know how we're voting. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, Mr. Merrill, unless like anybody wants to be, I'm sorry, yeah, after Senator Rich. Yeah. I just uh, want to thank you for your service here, uh, although you weren't in Israel when I was in Israel this summer. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, but I, I just want to say, add, you know, the, the hope that it's a peaceful year um, and that we can move towards peace. And I think that the election in Israel, not saying anything about it, but just to show what a democratic nation Israel is. Uh, I believe the uh, largest minority party will be the Israeli Arab uh, block of parties. So uh, there is a democracy there, a healthy, thriving one, and uh, we need to keep it that way, and we'll do anything we can to help support that. Thank you. Vice Mayor Holness. Let me, let me thank you for your service uh, to the folks of Surf Florida. Over the years, we've been able to build a pretty good relationship. Thanks for your support of FITSI. You're always there. Look forward to, to seeing you again this year and, and for the arrangements you and your staff made to accommodate uh, the mayor of Fort Lauderdale and myself trip to uh, that trade mission to, to Israel. Thank you. It was uh, very productive, learned a tremendous amount, uh, traveled extensively. Uh, it's remarkable what the country has done in its uh, 71 years. Uh, and. Uh, Grateful to be a supporter of, of this event. I'm, I'm wondering who will replace you when you are gone. I'm sure we'll know the answer in a few days, <laughs> even it, before it, we'll know who's going to be the Prime Minister of Israel, hopefully. <laughs> I'm wondering if it was going to be your deputy who has uh, graced us here a couple of times. She will be here with the new Consul General okay. for sure. All right, thank you. Mr. Mayor, at yes. this point in time, I'd like to move uh, the adoption. I, I have a motion, I have a second. I have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Show that passing 8-0. Uh, 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 we'll wait to see if uh, Commissioner Furr wants to join when he gets back. Okay. okay. Hey, Mr. Uh, Mayor, before the Consul General goes anyplace else, Well, you we wanted to go down item. and do something, didn't you? Yes. Sure, why don't you go down and, and do something? Don't <laughs> I think we have another proclamation in the making. Right. There is another proclamation. And before uh, the Consul General leaves, he has been a good friend of Broward. And there is a proclamation which I have requested. I'd like to read this in full. Whereas Lior Hayat has served in the post of Consul General to Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, and Puerto Rico since February of 2016. And whereas... Mr. Hayat came to South Florida with a wealth of experience in Hispanic, cultural, and media affairs, and is fluent in Hebrew, Spanish, Portuguese, and English. And whereas 
Mr. Hayat had previously served as Department Director of Mexico, Central America, and the Caribbean Islands at the Israel Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the Public Diplomacy Officer at the Embassy of Israel to Spain, the Deputy Spokesperson of the Israel Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the Cultural Attaché at the Israeli Embassy in Argentina, and as a political advisor to a Knesset member. And, whereas, Mr. Hayat was integral in organizing and planning a trade mission to Israel from Fort Lauderdale, which included Vice Mayor Dale Honus as part of the delegation, and, whereas, Mr. Hayat played a major role in the organizing and planning of the state of Florida's business development mission to Israel in May of 2019, a trip which included Broward County Mayor Mark Bogan, and whereas Mr. Hayat supported the Broward County Board of County Commissioners in their decision to change their policy to include investments in Israel bonds, and whereas Mr. Hayat attended and spoke at FITSI in 2017, and will do so again at the upcoming 2019 conference, and whereas Mr. Hayat has worked with the Israel Trauma Coalition to assist the Broward community in the handling of and handling the aftermath of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting, and whereas the board wishes Mr. Hayat much success in his future endeavors as the new spokesman for the Israel Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates Tuesday, September 24, 2019, as Lior Hayat Day, and recognizes the many contributions and dedications of and dedication of Leor Hayat to the citizens of Broward County, Florida. It is dated 9-24-19 and signed by the mayor of Broward County, Mark Bogan. Mr. Mayor, do you want to up there or down here? Okay.
Thank you. I just wanted to, uh, on that resolution submitted by um, Senator Geller and co-sponsored by everybody, Commissioner Furr is joining in that yes. Thank you. Okay, let's move on. I'm going to go down instead of by numbers, by in numerical order. I'm going to go down by each commissioner. Start with Commissioner Fisher, number 26. You pulled it. There is a public um, speaker card, but it says for questions only. So we'll see if there's questions on it, and I'll let you start with number 26, Commissioner Fisher. Thank you, Mayor. It, uh, as you know, that I have presented an amendment to the uh, to the item, which basically just has a five-year with a five-year extension with the course the new tax collector whoever that may be will have the right to terminate within a 60 days notice my point is provides continuity to these seven uh, companies and so i think it's just on behoof that we just do the five and five so i'd like to move my amendment uh, when it's time i second that mr mayor at the appropriate time okay well you you're you're the one that, that brought up so I, I have a motion to move it uh, i have a second do any other discussion Right, but this on the amendment. Okay, on the amendment. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show that passing unanimously. Thank you, Mayor. And Mr. Mayor, if there's a cube, please add me. I have some comments. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I, I have uh, two uh, questions on this. I've met with staff, asked uh, Kevin Kelleher and um, uh, who else? Uh, uh, Monica for uh, for some information. There are two issues. Number one, the state of Florida has recently passed, a, in actually last year's budget, I believe it was, uh, passed uh, some additional fees, which are direct pass-throughs, I believe, to the uh, tag agencies. And the, in Broward, they are currently capped at a certain number. So I would ask, uh, I'm not going, I don't want to bring up any motion right now, but I would ask or I don't know if we need a motion to direct, but staff to, I see uh, Commissioner, uh, excuse me, Commissioner Henry, uh, the county administrator uh, saying no motion is necessary. I would just ask for staff to uh, look at what is an appropriate adjustment to negotiate a number with the tag people and report back to us with that information and hopefully with that, an agreement. And is, are you nodding? Okay. Yeah, okay, good. And then the second question, and I've raised this issue also with the county attorney, is on the um, courier services. Uh, my understanding of the courier services is that, for example, in Miami-Dade County, that where they've made them essentially illegal, um, or they've licensed them to a degree where none exist, but that these are courier um, services that basically do the same thing as the tag agencies, except they don't have any cap on what they can charge. And additionally, all of the administrative work is done, currently being done by the, um, for the tags, the tag agencies are the ones bearing the cost of that, while my understanding is that the courier services are in fact using county resources, they are going uh, to there is apparently I understand now a special window uh, at the tax collector's office um, 
or the clerk's office or whoever, because I don't think we have a tax collector yet, but um, where there's a special window so that it's currently they are using county resources and, they're um, and the county's getting the same amount from them that we do from the courier. So I would, again, not any motion, I would just ask if the county administration, and I've discussed this specifically also with the county attorney, can look into this talk with you know the courier agencies, talk with the tag agencies, just investigate the situation and report back to us at a future point in time. And I see the administrator nodding her head yes on that. So, so in that case, I, I'm now done, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? Yes, Commissioner Udine. Uh, yeah, I pulled this one similar to uh, Senator Geller. I'd like to make sure that we are able to provide uh, the highest level of service possible. And in regard to doing that, I think staff needs to work with this industry to look and make sure that they're able to recapture their costs and what they're laying out for this uh, operation. It's, it, it, the contract's been in effect for about 25 years already. The extension is now another 10 years. It's, it's time that we look at making sure that the costs are adjusted properly so that our residents get the best service possible. And I will join those comments as well um, with my, my commissioners. Anybody else have any other thing? To, that's 26. Motion to approve. Motion. But the amendment was passed. I'll move the original item. Okay. As amended. Okay. I have a motion and I have a second. All in favor? Any opposed? Showing that passed unanimously. Let's go to Commissioner Rich. Start with number three and then 49. Okay, I, I, I couldn't help it on this one. No, number three, as you can see, is a, a motion. It's agreement between Broward County and the city of Coconut Creek for traffic way illumination. Um, um, and I just, but I just wanted to alert everyone that these are LED luminaries. So I just wanted to make sure that we wanted to approve this because everybody that passes through might turn orange. Okay, I move the item. <laughs> Sorry. That was your first joke since you've been Sorry. here. No. <laughs> and I don't even think it was that good of a joke either, but it was your first joke. I didn't ask if you thought it was a good joke. I thought it was. All right. I have a motion and I have a second on number three. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? <laughs> Showing um, only Commissioner Rich is opposing that item. No. Showing passed unanimously. Item number 49. Uh, Mayor. 49 is, is on regular. Would you mind, just for our record keeping, to keep that on regular. the regular and just cover the rest of the consent polls? I um, thought 49 was pulled from consent. Uh, it was, it was by was, Senator Rich. It, 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 was, it was added to consent. It was intended to be added to consent and then put back on regular is the way we interpret that. But it's, it's you, you can do it if you like. I just I want to make sure I'm keeping up with all the shifts here. I'm just going to go through what simple. the commissioners pulled, yeah. and I'm happy to do that, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, it's, you know, I'm going to call you. I got a new nickname for you. We're going to call you CPR Rich. When you did that CPR in front here and couldn't get me back to breathing, so uh, go ahead. Okay, number forty-nine. No, I just want to just say this is um, this is a uh, an honorary designation uh, for a street to be named after Edith Letterberg, um, right outside the current ADRC building. And uh, a lot of this all is the, the light, the, the designation is happening after she's not here. But um, I just wanted to say uh, the City of Sunrise has approved it. And uh, so now uh, we approve it and then it will happen. And uh, it, you know, it's kind of long overdue and 
I uh, just hope she's uh, somehow cool. seeing what's happening after she's not here. So I move the, I move the item. Okay, before we, before we move, we have a public speaker, um, Rita Lipoff. Would you like to come on up and speak on this item? I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. I wrote down the wrong number. I'm, it's I'm not 49? No. I, I'm so sorry. I wanted to speak about the proclamation about women that Commissioner Rich had on the agenda. Did I? I'm so sorry. Okay, so uh, back to 49. We have a motion to second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show that passing unanimously. Uh, I go to um, Commissioner Vice Mayor Holness. Uh, item start with item number seven. Yeah, I, I, I'll, if I if I could do both together, uh, County Administrator. I'm hoping someone from uh, Human Services here. Seven and eight. Maybe. Yeah, seven and eight. Miss Campbell. Yeah, it's just three. Uh, and her staff. Yeah. First, let me commend you for doing this uh, in, in in reaching out to our colleges and universities uh, to get them engaged at an early stage so we can have good employees early and we can help influence uh, what's done there. Uh, my question for you is this, and, and I know we've had some conversation, but I'd like to, to probably at least bring it out here. We have Barry University and Nova Southeastern University, and, and my question is where are we with uh, a, Broward College and the only uh, historically black college here in South Florida, Florida Memorial University. Are we making uh, something happen there and where are we and what can we do to help make it? Yes, um, good morning. Thank you for the question. Um, we're in current negotiations with Broward College. It's a little more challenging because they're an associates program with different hour requirements, but we're trying to work through those. Uh, relative to Florida Memorial, we reached out to them in February along with Nova and Barry and had more responsiveness from the two you see before you. So we finished those and we'll circle back with Florida Memorial. So we are, we're making an ongoing effort to Correct. engage those uh, two. Okay. Uh, Brow College being a local school with yes. large population would be, would be great if we can get them on board. Uh, thank you very much again. Thanks for the great work that you're doing. Thank you. Uh, in, in moving uh, our human services projects forward and helping so many people who are desperately in need of help. Thank you. And with that, I move both items. Well, let's first take number seven. I can move, I can move both of them. Okay, we're making a motion to, uh, a motion to move seven and eight. Correct. Second. I have a motion to move seven and eight. I have a second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show both of those passing unanimously. Let's go to item number 33, Vice Mayor Holness. 13. I'm sorry. Uh, I have 33 and 13. Yeah, so we go 13 and then we go. Okay, 13. Uh, if, if I may, uh, County Administrator, on, on this item, in terms of goals, I know we're extending this and, and looking forward to do more. Uh, but in my conversation with uh, our Economic Development Director, uh, we see where we could probably improve on these goals. If I, if I could have, or do Mr. McDonald, 
Director McDonald, you and your team are stars for our small business, and I appreciate the great work that you have done uh, with helping us to get to where when we spend dollars that uh, comes into this county government from people from all different backgrounds, that we're seeking to ensure that those funds are spent in a diverse way towards the entire community so that everyone can benefit. In our conversation uh, about where the goals are on this, uh, can you update us as to where the goals are, what we have set, and uh, my efforts to have us move this further to where we can reach to 35%, I'd like for us to reach there. Yes, Vice Mayor, and Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, good morning. Um, in this request, or the request to extend for up to six months, uh, we didn't initially take a look at the CBE goal and the attainment. Uh, we are excited to say that this was a project from 2014, and back in 2014, we had put a 20% goal not including the pass-through amounts. And when we did go back and revisit it last week, we do recognize that this firm over the past five years have met the goal as well as exceeded the goal. So what we would be asking if we're going to extend this for six more months, we are comfortable that a recommendation not to maintain the existing 20, but a recommendation of approximately 30 or 35%, we believe we can continue to work with this firm for up to the six months to actually meet. The total met to date is actually 52. Now that comes with some special procurement, but again, for the next six months, we're comfortable if this was recommended at 35. So it's quite clear that we can reach 35 yes, it's quite clear. With, with no real extra effort because we're there already. Right, and again, okay. for the fact that this is extended for six months, mm -hmm. not saying in the same six months all the buys that happened over the last five years would occur. That's why we certainly wouldn't, run, wouldn't want to recommend a 52 or anything, but we're very comfortable about the 35 based on the activity and the purchases. Okay, and, and, and if for some reason someone else get this later, that would have set the precedence that this can be attained uh, at 35%? Certainly. Okay, thank you. So, so I'd like to uh, ask that a motion be put in place for us to reach a 35% uh, a goal for CBE on this. Yes. Commissioner Geller. Okay. I have a, a concern on this and I wanna discuss it. I normally agree with Commissioner Holness on these issues. This is a month-to-month -month extension. When you are just doing a month-to-month -month extension, I don't know how you say, other than saying you have to keep the existing goal, and you, or you count your past, um, yes. if you're counting your past, because there, during a single month, because this is month-to-month, -month, there may be no expenditures in a given month. Um, so uh, if, if this can be clarified to me, I, I, I don't have a problem in principle when we're saying this, you know, in the future it's a three-year contract and they have to have a certain number. I just don't know how this works on a month-to-month, -month, but if you're saying you're including everything in, in the past, so theoretically if they didn't do another penny, they're still exactly. over the 35. Then I'm not sure why we're doing it at all, but okay. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Geller, yeah. I can promise you that there will be expenses um, every month on this contract up to six months. And we don't think that 35% is an issue. Okay. Thank you. Oh, no, uh, I have, Thank I have you. Commissioner Ryan. 
Mr. McDonald, when you um, have a goal set, whether it's 20% or 35%, and in fact, we're, we were speaking to 55% on this, what type of uh, threshold analysis do you do to determine that we have uh, qualified businesses that have been certified and are able to perform that work. I, I imagine you do that type of analysis. Can you explain how that would be done in this context? Yeah, that, that's done on the regular, like for this context as well as a future uh, in advertising. The idea would be understanding the scopes and the services that are available. So what we now have is a good history over the past five years of the type of procurement that took place that small businesses could compete on as subcontractors. Then from our outreach perspective, we certainly check the directory and based on NACE the North American Industry Codes, we know who we do have that can compete and we make sure that that information stays in front of our primes. But for the areas that we might be short or if there are some new procurement opportunities, that's when we then go out and do our workshops and do our outreach and remind other vendors who are not certified this may have not been available five years ago, but we've been procuring these activities. You might want to get encouraged to get certified. So our outreach is ongoing, but for every one of your projects that we set a goal, we do the, um, the scopes and the services to make sure that we have someone as well as outreach to get additionals. And your office has been very thorough and aggressive in, in trying to uh, get more small businesses uh, aware of and qualified uh, to perform th this work in, in various, various different uh, areas. But the flip side is that also, do you have some mechanism either through your office or another county agency that does post-performance tracking of, of you know, what small businesses that have been encouraged and engaged in providing you know, part of the services under a contract that in fact they do perform the services adequately because I think that you know we, we talk about making every effort to get small businesses engaged but on the flip side we want to make sure that the money that's okay. spent is spent as efficiently and as effectively as possible. So we directly track it relevant to the participation of the small business, the awards and the dollar amounts and the values. I think the part you just asked about is making sure that the work was done in a capacity as approved by the agencies that probably would be another county agency. But again, we do work with our agencies to make sure based on evaluation, they are sharing with us if some of our small businesses are falling short of their job criteria. Um, the primes are encouraged, which they do with our office, through the monthly utilization reports to inform to us and the project manager if they're having any issues or concerns with the subcontractors. So we do that on a monthly, but is there a document at the end other than what happens with the evaluation that I can't speak to? Well, that may be um, a good point uh, to the county administrator that we may think of in the future that I wouldn't want this uh, post-performance analysis to be punitive in nature, but rather to uh, encourage and, and to provide greater information on how going forward um, small businesses can, you know, perform adequately. And, and I'm not saying in any particular instance that they're not, but I think it behooves us to, to do that follow-up. That's, that's the end of my questions. Vice Mayor Holmes? Yes. Uh, uh, to speak to... Um uh, what uh, Commissioner Ryan is asking for. Commissioner, I would think that we want to do it differently, at least I would, to interject it into the process uh, in terms of what we've done, what we're doing with or, or uh, evaluation at the end of the project. I think that's appropriate there. But what I'd love to probably see us do 
Uh, and, and there's some conversation about dealing with many of our business and doing an analysis of those business separate of that, uh, because I don't want them to put them through another hurdle, uh, put them even at risk uh, at the end of the project when there's already an evaluation process that we have in place. Uh, what we probably want to do is put something in place, and uh, Mr. Mac McDonald and I spoke earlier today, there's a nonprofit agency that's looking to see how they can actually invite our small business to come in and get an analysis done and to help them build capacity, which would be what we would be looking to do. So you can do an analysis as to where they are, what's their ability to perform, and how can they grow, and how can we help them grow. And probably we can uh, build something in place for our small business and economic development office to play a role in helping with that. Mayor, do you wish for me to respond? Please. Um, I, I agree with you on that, and I think we're, we're on the same issue, speaking kind of in tandem. Um, so that analysis, I wanted it to be conducted in a constructive way on you know, how well you performed and if there were some issues that fell short. This, this type of uh, an evaluation or analysis, I, I would think, might be something that we would routinely consider, and perhaps to the auditor you might um, respond. I know that you do kind of... Uh, uh, audits of some areas that you feel are are uh, kind of like hot issues, and then you do some random audits. But I don't know how whether we have a process in place to routinely determine you know performance measures after uh, after some contract is performed. Commissioner Geller. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, Sandy, didn't we recently um, adopt certified payrolls? Um, and uh, when we did the apprenticeships, I believe, we also put in a requirement for the uh, something, if not certified payroll, something right, very similar. Right, request to receive information. Right, the specific so won't of that now, uh, Commissioner Honus, Vice Mayor Honus, so won't we, what we did on that make it a lot simpler to verify that uh, Commissioner Honus' concern is being yeah. dealt with, or not no, no, really? No, sir, I, th I think that'll be more for the verification of the financials and the specific trades and what the salaries were. I think what Vice Mayor is alluding to in regards to Commissioner Ryan's comments is how do we evaluate, but in a manner not to be punitive, but to offer support to the small business. The term that we're using right now as we're speaking to everyone about surtax, and we just did this with Commissioner Uding last week, growing capacity. So how can I really help you in areas that will prepare you for larger bids, help you to sustain your bids, and also to perform better? And when we start talking about that, we're talking about bringing in agency supports in terms of industry experts. So it's not so much staff who can help develop and grow our businesses to be stronger small businesses and eventually graduate out of our program. So I, I think I can take a combination of Vice Mayor and Commissioner Ryan, and I think I understand, and I'll work with administration to take a look at capacity building to where we have information on how to support small businesses, but we're actually doing so as a part of the process and not an ending grade card. I, I, I didn't know if, uh, Mr. Belton, did you want to uh, uh, Yes, uh, chime in? Commissioner Ryan had, had questioned what we do in that regard. And basically, the extent of our involvement has been when we perform individual contract audits we would then look at performance on that particular contract. Or if we have a complaint or and someone comes to us complaining about the situation, we would look at it on an individual basis. We would be happy to 
do more proactive work to the extent that we could work with Mr. McDonald as far as educating the businesses as far as things that could be doing as far as performance measures, outcome measures, and that type of thing. Okay. Uh, Vice let, 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 me, let me just close with this. I want us to help them, not put them through some more hurdles. And, 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 and it sounds as if we get down that road, it's going to become some other burden that they'll be placed on to go through audits that is not required of their performance. If there is audits being done, fine. But I don't want us to go out and start expanding that and put these small businesses who are struggling in many instances to really build capacity and to grow, to then go through some other hurdle that will tie their time up, their resources, and their finances, to then face us through additional burdens. No. Okay, with that, um, I see nobody else. May, may, may I just under, make sure I understand the motion? It's a motion to amend the proposed First Amendment to include a 35% overall CBE goal inclusive of past performance under the contract? Correct. Thank you. Okay, so I have a motion on the amendment. Do I have a second on the amendment? I have a motion to second on the amendment. Move, move the, move the All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Now, as amended? Yeah, as amended. Uh, as amended? Motion to uh, move that amendment. Second. Another second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Show item 13 passing unanimously. Let's go to item 33, Vice Mayor Holness. I'm just going by each commissioner. Yeah. Okay. Uh, County Administrator, if we if we could uh, uh, have our Director for Cultural. So, colleagues, let me tell you my concern. I've, I've been here now this November will be nine years. That and, long? Yes. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And it does. Time does go fast, huh? When you're having fun especially. And I do have fun. What, what I notice is that it seems the same institution, the same folks are getting these cultural grants, and there are, are no new uh, entities coming in. Uh, I, I spoke to our, our director for, uh, cultural, uh, for cultural uh, department, and he, I guess, to have a similar conclusion that, that what, I, what I see is correct. It, it seems as if we are not allowing for opportunities for those who might not be at the table, those who might not have been connected, uh, those that are not in the establishment, to get a foothold uh, for some creativity to spread throughout the community in a broad way. Uh, so, Director, uh, we, we spoke, you tell me there Mr. are- Mr. Dunlap. Yeah. You tell me there are, how many, how many cultural organizations have you identified and-, and Well, uh, uh, Vice Mayor, Mayor, Commissioners, County Admin. Um, we're in the process of evaluating a lot of this, uh, part of which this whole process of reevaluating our grant-making uh, program is a, is a study to really map the ecosystem. But going on boilerplate language that exists historically with the Cultural Division, um, there's language that says uh, there are uh, over 500 uh, nonprofit arts and cultural institutions in Broward County. Our grantee list, including 
individual artists and um, organizations is uh, around about 120. And while the goal, I, I believe, in to our conversation is not to fund everybody, the process needs to make room for everybody to have access. And that's what uh, currently does not exist, in my opinion. And, and, and I want you to understand, if there's no access, there's no equity. There's no equal chance for, for the diversity, the rich diversity of Broward County to be, be, be exposed, for us to benefit from uh, the great culture that we can have from the diverse groups that exist here. So I would really implore a county administrator, director, that we look to see how we in, ensure that there's some access, that there's some equity in, in uh, how we divvy up these funds that we have uh, to, to be more inclusive of the broader community in Broward County. And, and, and somehow, you know, year in, year out, not just the same people uh, get in the funds and nobody else. You know, I'd like to just respond, Vice Mayor. It's not just the same people. You know, if, if there's a, an organization that you can identify that needs that that should have some funding for whatever reasons they're being ignored or they don't have access. Let's talk about those organizations. But maybe the ones that we're giving deserve it. Maybe they're doing a great job. And so just you know, just to say you know we, we need to spread it. I think we need to focus on who would provide, who deserves the money, who would provide a great resource to the county and its residents, and then let's look at that. But I believe, Mayor, that everyone deserves an opportunity. Well, everyone deserves to have access. And if our system is such that because of how we do it, we create a systematic uh, situation, a systemic uh, situation where those who are on the outside never get on the inside, then there's something wrong with that. And, and I know we can say, well, it's an open process, but if, if our requirements uh, are such that other entities that have not been at the table don't have the ability to be at the table, and we're not encouraging and inviting them to be a part of, of our process, and they feel, you know, it doesn't make sense I bother, because I know I'm not going to get it anyway. They just, they're just not going to even bother to. Wait, I would just ask the director. I, um, Mr. Dunlap. Is, 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 it, is it true that they don't have, he's saying they don't have access. Doesn't everybody have the ability to come and apply for grants? Um, yes, theoretically, but we don't know how many people aren't approaching the process because of barriers that exist in the process. Mayor, can I yes. chime in on that? Sure. I want to say I disagree with that because we, this commission said that we wanted to tighten up the requirements for people applying for these grants. And so um, I believe it was last year that when, when this was before us that we made it, um, um, we made sure that they had matching funds and I think we made some changes to the requirements that would eliminate people who didn't have matching funds from coming forward and also um, people who had gotten it previously and also people from uh, a certain, I, I think it was certain cities that had gotten money in other ways. So I think that um, we would probably need to go back and pull the minutes from that meeting last year so that you can compare what you're talking about right now because I, I know that we did make some changes to this requirement and I believe that that's why the exclusions are there. Correct me if I'm wrong, Vice Mayor, do you not remember so, this? So, so part of this is this, you, you're touching a couple of things. Part of our process, uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I hope, I'm, I'm grateful that our administration is going to look at this in a holistic manner to see how we can 
uh, pull barriers down if they are. So part of it is, we will, let's say we give you 10,000. You have to match 10. So if you're, if you're a small organization, how do you do that? Not only do you have to match 10, you have to spend 20 before you get the 10. So you gotta spend all the money and then we reimburse you. There's a barrier there for smaller entities that, that, that want to get an opportunity to be able to showcase uh, the cultural uh, uh, aspects of, of, of their community or their group or, or whatever it is that they bring to the table. Um, also, additionally, oh. I'm, I'm going to just I'll say this last thing and I'll stop because I, this was um, the other <coughs> thing that we put in place was that it had to be approved by the Tourist Development Council prior to them getting the funds um, from uh, from this no no on something else it was not this one okay I have a cue let me go with oh I'm sorry Mr. Geller thank you Mr. Mayor I serve as the Broward County representative to the Cultural Council what Dr. Sharif is referring to were the large grants that were available after we had for the second round of funding uh, that was in the I forget which letter that is but that's the what CIN which which was that CIN? that was the capital challenge capital grant. challenge grant the TDT grant that's what you're referring to right. Dr. Shree these issues you've got this CINP which are the larger more established programs I think is there nine or ten of them now something like that and then you've got the CINV, which is the smaller startups. If you look at the list of smaller startups, it actually is very diverse. But on the smaller, the, they don't require the same large matching numbers. Um, but we do want to make sure that we're not just giving money to everybody who says, I've got a great idea, I can do something so we do there is a reasonable amount of investigation that goes on I'm not aware and again if you know vice mayor if you have if there are particular organizations that you think meet the criteria that have not been able to get on I promise I'll advocate for those at the cultural council but the issue is these are fairly small grants that we're talking about here um, some I'm looking at you know some as low as you know ten twelve thousand dollars for some of these and I am not aware that there have been people that meet the criteria that have been applying and don't get funded now maybe there needs to be more of an outreach to let people know that there is funding available but it with the understanding it we don't fund everybody that comes up with a great idea. We do. We have criteria. We have to have criteria as to who's getting the county money, or our auditor will will yell at us. Um, but if there's organizations that you think should be qualifying for the CINV, you know, I promise I'll fight for those if you'll let me know about them. I'm not aware that the the cultural Council, which is the one that ultimately votes on these, um, you know, has been turning down qualified groups. I think that they just divide the existing money into more pots. But I, I just, I really think that anyone that 
it's meeting the criteria that is applying is being treated fairly. And like I said, if you look at the CINV program, I think you'll find it to be ex extremely diverse. Senator Coney, Administrator. Coney, Administrator. Yes, thank you. Um, when Mr. Dunlap came on board, um, we asked that he take a comprehensive look at our programs because as you can see from the conversation that we're having today, we have um, there are grants that come through the tourist development taxes. There are grants that come through cultural, which is general fund. And within the cultural, there are probably four, five, six different categories of um, uh, that you can apply for. So when it's confusing to, to those of us that have been here for a long time on how um, how our programs come together to create an overall comprehensive cultural program, uh, we know that it's really time for us to take a look at it. So what he's been doing is doing research um, ab about the cultural um, uh, entities in our county, how they uh, go about supporting themselves, and a myriad of other things so that we can come back and have a more broader conversation with you about how might we uh, make modifications to our programs that, um, quite frankly, have been the same for many, many, many years? And, and if I may close. Sure. So outreach is something that we need to have and make sure that even the board that, that you sit on reaches deep and broad into the community also. That's something that we need to pay attention to even more so uh, because then that will be a part of the outreach, those members. Uh, so, so that's one. The, the other part of it is this. It shouldn't be that I have to identify someone to bring to you for you to then to advocate for. If we have barriers in place, we ought to remove it. Okay? And, and part of the structure in terms of, and I'm not saying we're going to give everyone money. It, it's impossible for us to do that. But we ought to make sure that it is open enough and accessible enough for as many as possible to be able to be at the table. That is all I'm saying, and I'm grateful to see that our county administrator and our new director is going to look to see, to take a holistic look at this whole thing to find out how can we better our processes to create greater access and equity. Uh, with that, I move the item. I, I have a motion on number 33. Do I have a second? Second. I have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Show item 33 passing unanimously, owing to um, Commissioner Furr, who's going to hand it off to Commissioner Ryan, item number 16. Oh, we do have a public speaker. Um, Commissioner Bill Harris, do you want to come on up? I'll hand this off to uh, Commissioner it, Ryan. It, it's in his district. Commissioner Harris, before you speak, let me just mention on uh, this item, from time to time, the county considers uh, recommending that uh, qualified applicants uh, participate in the state's uh, qualified target industry incentive program for bringing new jobs, new high-paying jobs into our communities. And this item under consideration is located in the city of Dania Beach. The Dania Beach City Commission has already approved um, a financial contribution. It's a partnership between the state of Florida and Broward County and the cities. Um, the, the applicant is identified generically as Project Magic, 
and it's a transportation company that proposes a new uh, corporate campus in Dania Beach, which will um, have a capital investment of $173 million, uh, have uh, 225 new jobs with average wages that are more than 150% of the median wage in Broward County. Uh, so with that, um, I know that you have already considered this. Commissioner Harris, we appreciate your um, uh, appearance here today. And of course, I appreciate Commissioner Furr uh, allowing me to speak on the item. So you're recognized. Oh, sorry, Mayor, that was your... No, it's okay. <laughs> Good morning, uh, Mayor, Vice Mayor, City Commissioners, and City Staff. I'm here, as Commissioner Ryan said, in support of the project. Uh, the project was conceptualized probably as long as five years ago by an investment group in Chicago. And I think with the uh, implementation of this project plus the 20,000 square feet um, JetBlue Innovation and Travel Center that we just opened in the Dakota building will emphasize our commitment to the aviation industry and increase our visibility at the airport. Plus, uh, we currently have the Dania Point project under construction, which is about, uh, it's 103 acres. It's going to top out at about $900 million, I think. And then last night, we also approved a uh, site plan approval for another project at this corner of Bryan and Griffin Road. So all those things together are uh, truly making Dania Beach a destination. And we're going to, we also have an RFQ out coming out for a revitalization of the beach and our city center. So with all those things going on at one time, I think uh, Dania Beach is on the move and I'm really happy to be here and share it with you all. And as I understand it, Dania Beach is going to come up with a new slogan. You have a little contest going on. So yep. uh, to the public, if anybody wants to uh, submit a proposed new slogan for the city of Dania Beach, um, you have to do so by September 30th? That is correct. Can I suggest best ice cream in the world? Yes, you can. <laughs> I mean, Jackson's ice cream, best ice cream. Well, that's no longer anonymous, so submit it. Okay. Oh, but he can't submit because you have to be a resident of Dania Beach, too. I don't know if that's a requirement. I'm okay. not sure that it is. Anybody it is. who has a little, you know, our new uh, logo is see it, live it, love it. So, you know, if it were me, I would say destination Dania because, you know, we're on the move. So thank you all very much. Well, thank you. And with that, uh, I'll move the item. Second. I have a motion and second on item number 16. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show that passing unanimously. Uh, last is uh, Commissioner Dean, item number 47. Thank you, Mayor. Item number 47. Uh, I'm going to support this motion. This is the third amended agreement between the county and the sheriff for the call taking services and the dispatch. Um, I think that this is. Uh, the type of this is such a significant issue that I don't think that it's really appropriate that we're doing this by extension after extension six months at a clip. I say that because, you know, the, 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 if it breathes, it's BSO. If you plug it in, it's the county and that we're subcontracting with BSO for these services. This is probably one of the most important services that we provide as government. <clears throat> when they surveyed the employees and the issues that surrounded this program and this service, the employees were, um, to say the least, the survey didn't come back flattering on uh, morale, chain of command, understanding what to do in the event of a problem. There were just issue after issue. This was a survey that was done a few years ago. They reissued the survey a few months ago when the MSD Commission met and they resurveyed the employees that were performing these jobs, and the same ex issues still existed. 
And I think one of the reasons that they have these issues is because they're short-term extension, short-term extension. The history of this is a few years ago, we got a, a, a letter from the sheriff as the contract was expiring that they were canceling the contract, but not really canceling it. They were just canceling it to comply with the contract. I'm going to vote for this for the six months, but if this comes back to us in six months with a fourth extension, I'm going to be asking immediately after that that we either rebid this out to have somebody else perform the service, another police agency, bring it back in-house or do something. I'm giving six months to get this done, but this issue is too important for our constituents to keep doing this by amendment. So with that, I would approve item 47. I have uh, Commissioner Furr next to speak. Thank you. I do have a question. I, this looks like you're... Uh, not everything has been wrapped up on this with regard to the Fitch report and the recommendations that were in the Fitch report that would make this entire system much better. Are we being able to incorporate most of that? Uh, we are incorporating um, much of what was in the Fitch report. There are areas that um, the, the sheriff's office um, um, didn't agree um, with, uh, and, and so we're trying to work through those issues. I have been assured by um, the sheriff that this is the last um, set of extensions that we're down to about three items, and, and hopefully this time we'll bring it home. But, but it's, uh, okay, but, but so much of it had to do with the distribution of staffing at certain times. Correct. That made a lot more. That that report made a lot of sense, and I and I don't know if people are accepting it or not. But the actual science behind it, et cetera, with broadband and, and available broadband, it just made a lot of sense. And and are, are we running into resistance on that? Well, we have. Uh, we've run into some um, resistance, and we're working through that. Um, clearly when you um, are accustomed to doing something um, one way for a long time, making that shift yeah. and that switch may be a little difficult, but um, uh, we're proceeding as though um, the Fitch report really is our blueprint, and hopefully um, those the last little few items that we have um, had some um, disagreement with, we have, you know, we'll coalesce around um, something that we both can live with. Okay, because because there's a bit of a nexus here with our new P25 system and this. Correct. And we can do different things. We can staff it differently. We can allocate broadband or broadwood differently. Yeah. I just want to make sure we're doing that and not holding on to the old staffing assignment of, that was an old system when we're about to have a new system. And I appreciate that you uh, reinforcing that because that's really the issue that we've been bringing to the table for a while. Very good. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to hear that we're making progress, but but I am uh, also concerned that it's taking us this long. Uh, I know that the sheriffs have representation here. I uh, don't know if you want to go ahead and uh, chime in. Good morning, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Vice Mayor, Commissioners, and staff. Um, Sheriff Tony is 100% committed to finalizing this. This will be our last extension request. Uh, we are moving forward with implementation of the recommendations of the Fitch report. Um, as uh, the county administrator had indicated, there are one or two unresolved items that uh, we believe we can resolve quickly. Um, 
With the recent restructuring in the agency, negotiations has been transferred over to the responsibility of Colonel Urena. <clears throat> uh, he's just taking a look at the contract. He has a couple of recommendations that he would like to discuss. But again, we're confident that this will be the last extension. Thank you, sir. Any, anyone else on 47? Second. I have a motion and a second. Item number 47, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Show that eight plus one uh, walking in uh, nine people. All unanimously approved. With that, I think we're now going to be done with our consent agenda, going to our public uh, hearing. And uh, before we do, uh, Jackie, Bruce, and Mike, I'll be with you afterwards. Um, let's go to our public hearing. Uh, item number 35 is a two-part motion to consider award of renewal certificates of public convenience and necessity. Part A is for Class 1 ALS Rescue Certificates to Broward County, City of Coconut Creek, City of Deerfield Beach, Hollandale Beach Fire Rescue, City of Hollywood Fire Rescue, and Beach Safety, City of Miramar Fire Rescue, City of Oakland Park Fire Rescue Department, City of Pembroke Pines Fire Rescue Department, Pompano Beach Fire Rescue, and Tamarack Fire Rescue. Part B is, is for Class 2 ALS Transfer Certificates to the Sheriff of Broward County and Tamarack Fire Rescue. We are considering both parts at this time, at the same time. Seeing no speakers from the public, bringing it back to the uh, dais. I have a motion to second on item 35, part A and B. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show item number 35, part A and B, passing unanimously. Item number 36 is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution within the general fund in the amount of $541,380. Seeing no speakers from the public, bring it back to the dais. I have a motion second. and a second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show item number 36 passing unanimously. Item number 37 has two parts. We will consider both parts at the same time. Part A is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolutions within the special purpose and trust funds in the amount of $4,271,276. Part B is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution transferring funds from reserve within the cultural special purpose fund in the amount of $133,700. A and B. I have a motion to move Second. A and B. Uh, no, no speakers from the public. Bringing back to the dais, I have a motion and a second. All in favor? All right. Any opposed? Show item 37, parts A and B, passing unanimously. Part 38 has three parts, which we will consider at the same time. Part A is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolutions within the special revenue funds in the amount of $3,933,941. Part B is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution within the Air Pollution Trust Fund in the amount of $354,975. And Part C is a motion to adopt supplemental budget Resolution transferring $75,000 from Transportation Surtax Fund to the General Fund. Seeing no speakers from the public, bringing back to the dais. Move approval. Second. I have a motion and a second to move parts 38A, B, and C. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show, show item 38, part A, B, and C passing unanimously. Item 39 is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution within the Enterprise Funds in the amount of $113,886. Seeing no speakers from the public, bring it back to the dais. I have second. a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Show item number 39 passing unanimously. Item number 40 is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution within the internal service funds in the amount of $400,000.
Uh, seeing no speakers from the public, bring it back to approval. the Davis. I have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show item number 40 passing unanimously. Sure, go ahead. Uh, item 41, I have a, it's a motion to adopt a resolution to vacate a right of way. Craven Thompson's illicit agent and stands to potentially benefit. I serve on the board of directors and own shares in Legacy Bank. They're not traded on exchange. Another owner has substantial interest in Craven Thompson. To avoid the appearance, I'll be leaving, not voting on 41, and filing the appropriate forms. I ask the minutes to reflect same. Thank you. Sure. Item 41 is a motion to adopt resolution to vacate a three-foot-wide right-of-way lying within lots five and six, block 45 of the town of Fort Lauderdale. Plot, and is recorded in plot book B, page 40 of the public records of Broward County. Uh, seeing no speakers from the public, bringing it back to the dais. Do, do, I have a motion and a second. second. All in favor on number 41? Aye. Any opposed? Show that passing eight to zero. With one abstention, thank you. Um, item number 42 is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to historic preservation. I'm going to read this, correct? Yes. Uh, item 42 is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to historic preservation in many various sections of Chapter 5 of the County Code of Ordinances regarding historic preservation, ordinance procedures, and requirements. The county attorney has requested that the public hearing be continued until October 15th to address one remaining concern. Um, I see no speakers. Mayor, from this on this of um, the items uh, extending to the 1015 do I have a motion to, uh, so I have a motion to continue this to the public hearing until October 15th a motion a second all in favor all right any opposed show item 42 being uh, continued to October 15th meeting item number 43 is a motion to adopt resolution pertaining to towing and immobil immobilization rates and fees and amending sections 27.150 and 40.50 of the Broward County Administrative Code, increasing the maximum and allowable rates for non-consent towing and, immo and immobilization, and amending certain provisions regarding adjustment of rates and fees based on the consumer price index. Hold on one second. I'm going to pass the gavel. Council, make sure I'm doing this correctly. I'm passing the gavel because I have a proposed amendment on this. Yes, sir. Uh, my proposed amendment makes the following changes. For government tows only, number one, it increases the administrative fee to $50. Two, adds $100 after hours access fee if the tow company is called to retrieve a vehicle Monday through Friday between 6 p.m. and 8 a.m. or on a weekend or on a holiday observed by Broward County. For all tows, indexes the annual rate and fee increase to the transportation index instead of the CPI. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the amendment. Now go around. Question. I'll take my gavel back. No, no, no. You. Okay. Okay. You take it. Thank you, uh, Mr. Mayor Honus. Um, to, to clarify which Mr. Mayor I'm speaking to. Um, in general, I'm supportive of this. I do have one question sure. of you or of the private sector. I, I believe that they're Keith, here. Why don't you ask Mr. Keith Polykoff? Okay. Um, I don't have problems with most of what's in here, including the raising of the administrative fee, the uh, changing the CPI and all of that. The question that I have is on the after-hours access fee of $100. I've inquired of sta county staff if there, that same $100 fee is there for a private tow, 
And it's my understanding that the answer to that is no. So I'm trying to figure out if there's not a $100 after access fee and a private tow, why there would be one with a public tow. Additionally, um, the threshold <laughs> questions, I understand if you have to call somebody out, are they normally staffed 24-7, the larger ones, or can you can you elaborate? Sure. On that? For the record, Keith Polykoff here on behalf of the Towing Association. Okay. With me is Sean Lascalzo and Jim Jennings. Um, to answer your question, the county regulates when a towing company has to be open. Right. Um, and that's basically after 6 p.m., they're closed, and then someone comes out the next day. A lot of municipalities like the towing companies to be open all hours of the day when they're providing service for that municipality. Your code does not give us the right to charge if someone calls at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. to get their vehicle. So what we're asking for is the right to open up at that time as long as we can send someone down there and, and let the car out. Um, so that's what this does. The other towing companies, they're not open. They don't have to be open. So the only reason we're open is because the local government sometimes asks us to be open after hours. And we're only allowed to charge what's in your code. And currently your code is silent. If the local government is asking you or requiring you to be open 24-7, so that means that you have to have people there anyhow, why should there be another charge if the local government is requiring you to be open 24-7, sure. if that's what you told me. People are not there 24-7. It's required okay. by a lot of local governments to send someone to be there. We have asked so local So it's on demand? Yes, on demand. We have the, asked... With the, within the one hour that you have to have a sign... Or two I thought hours. That was county. Is that a county ordinance also, that you yeah. have to be able to pick it up within one hour? That's not, that's not after hours, so... Yeah, uh, no, yeah. I'm talking about after hours. Uh, that, that's I don't have that okay because I checked this with the yeah, county. Yeah, I don't have that in front of And that's right already, now. the county staff okay. already told me that that's already a county requirement. Our, our issue now is when we are open after hours, meaning if someone needs their car, we have to send a specialized person dealing with a government tow to do a check to see if it's a police hold, to do a lot of different things that are totally different than the private sector. And what Sean and Jim, there's only five vendors left who do government tows, say, we don't have someone sleeping there 24 hours a day. We don't. So if we have to wake someone up and send them there because someone wants the vehicle on the off chance that, you know, it's 3, 4 a.m., that he wants to at least be able to compensate the employee for going there after hours. Okay, so what, uh, just so I clearly understand, you're telling me that normally there, on at least the facilities that are here, that they are not normally staffed in the evenings. Correct. They and that the reason the that there's no fee for the private sector, but there would be for the public, is that because it's a public sector tow, there's additional paperwork or whatever? There's a tremendous amount of differences between the two. Because they have to then check with the police department, they do VIN checks, there's a million other things that they are required to do. Public records uh, safeguarding, so they're held to a much different standard. And as a result, it's not just a run-of-the-mill, okay, give us it, it money, we're going to, yes, much longer. I just want to clarify, this is not where they're towing somebody that improperly parked in somebody's lot. This is where there's an accident, a vehicle accident, or some issue. A police tow. That's what police, it is. Police, police tow. tow. Yes. Right, after hours. Yes, that's it. Right. Thank you.
Anybody else? Is there anyone else? Oh, okay. See none. Is, I'll move, I'll move, so we have a motion. I'll second the mayor's Mayor Bogan's amendment. Okay, on on the amendment, uh, all those in favor? But Vice yeah. Mayor, should this uh, maybe this should just be handled as a substitute motion because it's an entire freestanding version. Exhibit two is what's being uh, advanced by the mayor. Uh, it has all of these changes in it, so it, I think we could do this with one. Motion. A motion and second okay. and vote to, to adopt uh, to exhibit ad two. Ad adopt the substitute motion. Uh, so that's the motion that you're making and you're yes, seconding. Sir. Yes, sir. Uh, all those in favor, and public, no public speakers, all those in favor vote by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Unanimous. Good practice. Yeah. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that back. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, what number are we on now? <laughs> okay, that was, four, that, that was 43. Okay, now we go to the famous parking garage. We do have a speaker on that, uh, public speaker. Um, the, the, mayor's re, the mayor's report. <laughs> Rita Lipoff. Uh, before you start, Monica, am I, am I pushing A or B on the three minutes? What? Am I pushing it's A? I have to see it, so I don't remember which one is labeled. No, it's three minutes. They give her three minutes now. They're telling me it's three. Correct, counsel, it's three? Yes, sir. Yeah. B. I'm sorry, A. A, that's what I said. Go ahead. Hi, good morning. Morning. Um, I am here to ask you a question. Um, there has been a lot of talk about how it is, the land swap was mentioned and this is a normal activity and it's legal. Um, and I have been assured by many, many people that this is legal to do a land swap to circumvent uh, a Broward County charter provision to allow Broward County to build on uh, parkland that as of this moment is owned by Broward County. And what I want to ask all of you is why? Why as the Board of County Commissioners do you consider it correct, normal, and something you want to do to circumvent the Broward County Charter provision blocking you from building something like a tower on Broward County owned land. I mean, as Broward County commissioners, shouldn't you be upholding the county charter instead of having the county's attorney's office undergoing legal gymnastics to circumvent the county charter and involving other cities or the school board or all sorts of activities, you're supposed to be upholding these rules. Why are you and the county administration and the county attorney's office going through elaborate activities to circumvent this very important provision of the Brown Broward County Charter. I also would like to publicly ask for a copy of the deed that transferred this land 
to Broward County. I've had great difficulty obtaining it. I've asked for it from my county commissioner. I've asked for assistance getting this deed. I've asked for the Broward County Parks mm. Department to provide records of uh, Westlake Park, how it was formed, how the land came into Broward County. And I would also like to point out to you that the provision you used to um, overrule um, voting eight to nine to lift the covenants for that park, that was from a meeting December 12, 2006. What were the restrictions before that? And thank you very much for the opportunity to speak. Mayor, thanks. you spoke on item 54, we're on 44. So it's I guess the parking garage list. It's okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, anybody else? Uh, I'm not going to. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip over right now. Um, I have nothing to say on the parking garage. I, I do. Okay, Vice Mayor Holness, you want to add a, a floor to the parking garage? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, County Administrator, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm very concerned about the Lauder Hill Transit Center. It's, in my mind, taking us far too long. We still don't have a bid document out. I'm wondering if your uh, director for public works would be willing to, uh, if you would allow him to, to at least go through where we are with that. Mr. Hucker. Yeah. yeah. Tom Hutke, Public Works Director. I'm going to ask Ariadna Musara to come forward. She works on it on an hourly basis. We are proceeding well with the schedule. Uh, we're, as you know, uh, received all permits required for the bidding process and are in the bidding process. But let me turn to Ariadna for the detail. So my concern is this, that uh, my understanding is we have a notice to proceed for design May 17th. Uh, in May 2017, in county administrator, we still don't have, it, it just seems to take too long. I mean, I, I, what I'd like to see happen, and, and, and you can make the presentations now, but I'd like to see a timeline as to uh, what the process has been. Uh, it, it is, in my mind, way too long for us to be still at a place where we have no bid documents out, uh, after having a notice for this, to, uh, to proceed for design in May 2017. Okay. okay. Uh, Commissioner uh, Furr? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, Ariadna Musarra, Construction Management Division. Uh, yes, uh, we have proceeded per the contract as we had negotiated it. Now, what I need to say is the complicated part with this particular project was we are dealing with a few entities. We have an FDOT portion that is being, it's part of the bid documents. We have a mall owner with a representative that we have been working with from day one and they have been extremely cooperative, but they have been uh, certain issues, uh, design elements that we had had to work in conjunction with the city planning um, office as well. 
in trying to figure out exactly which elements were acceptable to each and every one of these uh, entities, along obviously with building code requirements. So I would say that a part of the design efforts, it wasn't just design, but it's also going back and forth in between these entities to make sure that we were doing exactly what they needed accomplished within the design guidelines that we were given, as well as our contract. Uh, could you tell me when we actually started on this process? When, when was the first? I don't know. Well, I, this project was originally, I believe, started by transportation. It was assigned to Public Works about 2017 when we actually had to redo the documents, send them out for an RFP, did the whole process. So um, I don't know exactly when the project started or the funds. I can tell you that we got this project assigned on the dates that you see on our quarterly report. Well, I've been here nine years, and we've been discussing that this project since I got here. And Commissioner, um, you, you asked us to give you a timeline, and I will be giving you a timeline, but you know, several of those years, we did not have a cooperative municipality. It wasn't until subsequent, I mean later, um, in that nine-year time frame did we um, provide some alternatives that was acceptable to the municipality. See, the challenge we have also is this, and, and we've had, we, have, we have had a facility there now for a very long time. It's the second most used transit center in Broward County that has no restroom facilities for the folks that are out there. You go to the restaurants surrounding that area, they have signs on their doors for customers only. The public is suffering. And we have to move this project. We have to make this thing happen. And, and, it, and it's far too long. I, Wait, I, I would like to yeah. just follow up on one thing. Can, I, can you come on back up? Ms. Musara. Based on what you know, um, what, what would be the completion date of this? based on what you know today? Right now, we are this close to completing the bidding documents that should be going out for advertisement, I would say, in the next week or two maximum. It'll go out to bid minimally for 30 days. I'm not talking the bidding. I'm talking about oh. completion date. Oh, we have estimated about a year for construction. So once we issue a notice to proceed to the contractor, it'll take approximately a year. The good news is we already have uh, we don't have the formal permit in hand, but we have already gone through that process. So when the contractor comes aboard, we shouldn't waste too long in transferring the, the permit to the, uh, to the entity. So this is on a, a status that, list so on the parking garage. Can you please let us let my office know when it goes out to bid? So Absolutely. At least, okay. Not a problem. And we'll let you right. put it on here. If you can get me the name of your contractor, because I don't know anyone that can get that done in a year, but, you know, great. As soon as we have said, yes, as soon as we accept the bids, absolutely. I'm sorry, do you, you want to talk about it? Okay. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, anything else with the parking garage? And I'll come to you. Yes. <clears throat> on um, page three on the electric vehicle infrastructure, I just want to mention that as, as I was uh, looking at this, there was an article in the Sun Sentinel about five days ago. FPL is building out a lot of electronic vehicle stations uh, in Palm Beach County and Miami-Dade County, but they haven't chosen any yet in Broward County. So I want to make sure that we are working with them 
Uh, if you look at the article, and I just pulled it up, I mean, they're talking okay. about Lion Country Safari, the Breakers, Port of Palm Beach. Throughout Brow uh, Palm Beach County, they're, they're putting these stations, and I want to make sure that Broward County is included in either this round that they're doing or the next round for the electric vehicle charging stations. Okay, Dr. Tan, do you have an update for the commissioner? So to date, we've been focusing on getting the fleet charging infrastructure, um, and that's the update that's provided in the parking lot. Uh, but you're referring to the public charging opportunities. Um, that will be part of the plan. Uh, our first step will be to look at what the best locations are uh, based on demand and, and user behavior. Uh, so we're starting that with the next fiscal year, and the budget has already been dedicated for that. Thank you. I just want to make sure we're included next time. Commissioner Furr. Thanks. Uh, for an update on the solid waste, Apple 250, um, I don't know if all the cities have passed the MO, MOU yet. Do you know that? There was like a couple cities that, that still we were waiting on. Okay. But only it's... Only it's, like one or two. Okay. Uh, that so, one of them wouldn't be Hollywood, would it? <laughs> no. no. they passed. Oh, okay. Um, so they've all passed, and now our, our meeting is going to be on, the, with all the cities, on October 14th. October 14th. At 1 o'clock for everybody to be presented with... Uh, various options. Great. Okay. Great job. Yep. Uh, commissioner, it would be very helpful if we knew how many commissioners would be in attendance. Um, I will be um, giving them an RSVP. Um, I know that I have uh, RSVP for you. Thank you. Uh, and the mayor. But if there's any other commissioners that would like to attend, please let let me know. Bertha. Okay. I, I, I believe Commissioner Ryan's, I know he's not here, but I think he also sent okay. me. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's going to be sunshine. Thank you. Sorry. Is that correct, uh, Commissioner Ryan? The, there's a meeting on the 14th uh, on solid waste. It's in the city of Sunrise. And I know you had mentioned that you may be interested in attending that. I, I didn't know if. Yes. Okay. So us three will go. Uh, yeah. Okay, good. Okay, we're done with the, uh, the parking garage for right now? Okay, let's move on to the regular agenda. We're now on to our regular agenda. Um, we, uh, the first item is 54. We have a, uh, a public speaker, uh, Andrea Winget. Winget. Thank you. That's what I said, Andrea Winget. I should know this by now. I'm sorry. That's okay. Good afternoon, Andrea Winget from the City of Hollywood. I am here to speak on item number 54. I, um, most of you probably received a letter from our city manager via email. I also hand delivered it and I'm just gonna take a couple minutes to read the letter into the record. It was brought to the city's attention that the county commission will be considering an item to remove the anticipated 16th site P25 location, which is identified as the East Hollywood site from the county's new P25 communication system. As you can imagine, it was disconcerting to indirectly receive a memorandum dated six days prior outlining your advice to remove this location altogether. This unwarranted action potentially puts at risk the safety and security of first responders and residents in not just Hollywood, but in Southeast Broward County. And his letter is written in response to the memorandum from the county administrator, which is in your backup. 
Your recommendation to completely remove Hollywood's second site seems to be based on a presumption that the existing 800 megahertz legacy system purchased by the county in 2003 would continue to provide adequate coverage for southeastern Broward County in conjunction with the new P25 system. With the safety of our residents at stake, we need to understand the basis for this decision when previous information from the county has indicated that the 800 megahertz system is inadequate, unreliable, and susceptible to failure. Hollywood and other southeastern Broward County cities impacted by the sudden change of course have existing agreements with the county for this provision of these critical emergency public safety communication services. We're requesting information on the coverage and reliability of the existing system and the analysis the county is using to determine the elimination of a second tower in Hollywood that it will not leave the public and first responders, including those employed by Broward Sheriff's Office and Fire Rescue, in jeopardy. Your memo states that the county does not have the ability to timely incorporate an East Hollywood site into the P25 system. That is simply not accurate. Hollywood has continued to offer viable a viable site where construction could begin in a matter of weeks. According to the mutually agreed upon third-party expert, the new Cirque resident site is ready to go without delay and provides reliable compliant and better coverage for southeastern Broward County. The city issued preliminary zoning approval on March 29, 2019 for this site, which would allow for the P25 improvements to take place. We have maintained and remain committed to facilitating the finalization of the design, lease, lease premise, and any additional requirements for the site to meet the county's existing deadlines. Conversely, your memorandum details the significant barriers that would need to be overcome to deploy the P25 system at the Westlake Park site, including additional costs and time delays due to litigation. The revelation in the past two weeks that to place a 300 plus foot tower in Westlake Park requires the county to circumvent its own charter, either through a land swap with a municipality or co-location involving the school board has only further complicated existing issues with this site. The pursuit of such drastic option of removing the 16th site is challenging to understand when the city is still actively putting forth viable solutions as noted previously in previously the need for the 16th tower was to make the P25 system whole. We understand that this was not just for certain area of Hollywood but also portions of Hallandale Beach, Dania Beach, West Park and potentially Pembroke Park. It would be irresponsible on the part of the county to exercise south to excise southeast Broward communities and leave them at risk by failure of the current aging system. Throughout the life of this project, the city has approached this endeavor as a true partnership with the ultimate goal of fully operational system. We stand I, I, ready to provide the support for Broward County um, to meet the dates and deadlines for your, uh, your system. And thank you for letting me go over my time. Have a good day. Thank Commissioner you. Furr. Thank you. Um, I, I just read this letter as well. And, and I don't think that we were trying to say in this <clears throat> to remove it altogether. Absolutely not. And that's, that's, there's a big distinction there. Because yeah. I, you know, I think this was to try to, uh, you're trying to get it up in the meantime. Um, I would like to, uh, Drew, if you could illuminate how, what the status is between, to the point you can, I guess, <clears throat> of the meetings that have been going on. I know Hollywood has had two shade meetings. They had one yesterday. Yes. And, and is there some progress going on? The, the initial Hollywood Shade meeting, as the board knows, we filed suit, very limited scope suit, uh, a couple of weeks ago at the direction of the board, and that enabled the city of Hollywood to conduct a shade meeting. Uh, a week ago yesterday, it conducted its, uh, its first 
shade meeting, and the result of that meeting was an offer that we, I think, discussed with each of you individually, but we would characterize as not a very serious offer if they wanted to present a viable alternative for CERC in terms of the city's unwillingness to pay for, assuming the board were otherwise inclined to consider CERC, the city's unwillingness to pay for increased capital costs, increased operating costs, or assume any of the risks uh, that the independent expert pointed out uh, very substantially in the report. Uh, I, I communicated that uh, to the city attorney. A second uh, meeting happened yesterday. Uh, last night, late, uh, late afternoon, about 6.30, uh, I was actually with a few of uh, your colleagues in, in Pompano when an email came in uh, that uh, offered something new. Uh, it, uh, it basically said, uh, and, and this morning I followed up, uh, all of this is documented in public records because I asked some, some questions and I actually got a response uh, more recently. Uh, on the, the three main points, uh, so the first one would be capital costs. The city indicated that it would be willing to pay uh, the delta in capital costs, but only if the $890,000 or $900,000 of the Aitken uh, acquisition were included part of the capital costs of Westlake Park, which, which really seems to be apples and oranges. Uh, the city initially didn't say... Uh, and, and on that part, because I, I don't think that makes sense. Okay, yes. Um, I don't think any of us think, because that was going to be done. However, Aiken, you don't think including Aiken in the no, Westlake... No, I don't. Yes. I don't think that should be included. However... The, the other aspects that might need to be included is based on the Mueller, what's the Mueller, Mueller what, the Mueller report? Not the Mueller, Mueller report. Hey, yeah, the, uh, Mure, uh, Moretti. That is a Mueller report. Not on the Mueller report. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. Exactly. I've read the Mueller, read the Mueller report, and it didn't have that in there. Th this the report will be even right. more, believe right, me. Exactly. But it did, it did mention yeah. needing to go higher, so there are extra costs on that in terms of the foundation and probably needing to have paving. Those two costs probably are legitimate and I think should be, and I think should be incorporated into figuring out what that delta is. The, the acquisition at Aiken should not be included. And I think all of us, and however the leases weigh out. And so if that's an issue, let's, you know, let's, let's figure that part out. Okay. What's the next part? Okay. So, uh, so the next part is the, the operating costs and, and we suspect that there will be increased operating costs uh, by the way, this, the city was obligated under the interlocal agreement to pay for the delta in construction and operating costs. Uh, anyway, the city's initial proposal that came in last night at 633 uh, was meandering. It didn't say that, that it would pay the additional operating costs. Uh, this morning I received a clarification that uh, is also a little bit meandering, but uh, seems to indicate a little bit more so that the city would consider paying those oper uh, additional operating costs. Uh, and the third point is about the risks. Uh, many of which were identified by the independent expert, but the county is aware of, of other risks. Our position in discussions with the city is very simple. If the city agrees that there are additional risks incident to siting at the top of Westlake Park, excuse me, at the top of the surf, since the city is the one that wants to do that, it ought to bear the risk. If the city doesn't believe that there are additional risks and believes that the Minetti report is misstating things or that the county's position is inaccurate, then the city should not hesitate to bear the risk. So either way, if the county is getting into additional risk by siting at the top of Westlake of Cirque uh, uh, at the behest of the city, our position has been that the city ought to bear that additional risk. Uh, the clarification that I received this morning from the city attorney was that the city doesn't believe there are any risks, uh, but if the county can point out risks, that the city would be willing to discuss it. Okay, are we going to be able to do that? 
Well, the Moretti report points out a, a number of risks already, and the county could uh, present other risks, but uh, I would recommend to the board that if we were to entertain the, the CERC as a 16th uh, site, and that's something that uh, I don't think anyone's in a position to, to say today, that there also be a general clause in there to say that, aside from delineating specific risks that we know about, if there are any other risks resulting directly by that, that siting, then that's something that ought to be borne by the city. Okay. Uh, that would be my recommendation. Okay, the one, the one. I have a specific question in reference to that question. Okay, let me, let me. I'll, I'll catch, you'll get so, it. Too. So, um, County Attorney, will we be sending back, not a counteroffer, but a somewhat of an explanation of where we disagree and what things we would be willing to include, et cetera? I mean, where, where do we go from here is on okay. that is, I guess, my question. Well, Because I think all of us want this expedited as fast as possible. Okay. Well, well, the, the, the first thing is, uh, we'll, and we'll, we'll get to uh, parts A through D in just a little bit, okay. that will help move things uh, forward as well because it will keep certain options available. Okay. That, okay. So the, the second thing is that if, if the board uh, states that it would like to have included either the additional escalation or, excuse me, elevation uh, or, or paving, that's something that can be included. I mean, that is a, a principal position. If that's where the board wants to be, uh, we're happy to meet with the city at any time and discuss things at any time. Uh, the bargaining has been a little bit, in my opinion, regressive on the city's part. Uh, we're now getting back to close to the point, again, in my opinion, that we're approaching the commitments that the city undertook as part of the ILA that was uh, entered into to resolve this several months ago. Okay. The other question I had in your letter you had mentioned uh, the turnaround time on the CERC being between 15 and 16 months. Um, that wasn't my impression that it would be that long at all. But so I guess I'm asking where that came, where that came from. So the the when you look at all of the steps that would have to be um, taken, meaning the actual engineering of the work that needs to be done and the construction, because there will be constructive modifications to the CERC to be able to accommodate mm -hmm. the equipment and the like. Um, you know, I was given a number, um, an estimate of that. It could be as short as or as long as I don't, you know, I can't really confirm what the actual number is, but I asked if you had to give a guesstimate of how long it would take. That's the answer that I got. Was because there another, you, was you there still range, have was to. Was there a range that was given? Because that seems on the far end. I'll be honest. I don't know that I asked for the this, this specific range, but I can get that. <clears throat> okay. And, and I think it's, I'll wait till you finish, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I just wanted to just to, to, to clarify two things. Um, I think we have been um, pretty consistent um, with respect to our concerns about the system. This, the, the system um, in its totality, we have, uh, we have, periodic issues that, that we know are associated with the age of the system. And I didn't initially, you saw several items um, in the memo that talked about how long this could actually go. So without knowing when and where, lawsuits and everything associated with that, I didn't feel that we could hang in there any longer. I have always wanted you know, I've held out long as I could to say we really shouldn't do 15. We should do 16. That's come up a, a number of times. But each time the team looks at me and, you know, as another month go by and another month go by, um, they have convinced me that that we really need to get moving um, to just 
bring it bring it home. That 16th um, site can be brought on um, when it's when it's ready. So when when all the dust settles. Right. Um, um, we could bring that site on. Um, right. It's expensive to do that after the fact because you now have to rewire all 16 to be able to accommodate um, uh, the one coming in so that it, it, it works with all of them. Um, I have, um, uh, I've, I will make myself available, um, I'm sure, as the county attorney's office. We'll sit down and talk with the city to do whatever it is um, you know, whatever they want to talk about. But but in the meantime, I think we're just, it's perilous on my part, um, I feel, to not move this thing along. And it sounds like from, I forgot the, the man's name who's, who does our. Uh, uh, Mr. Falgiatori. Right. Uh, but it sounds like before we weren't under the impression that we could do 15 and then 16. Now well, it sounds like we can, you know, you, if, we, if necessary. We could always, we could have always done 15. I never recommended it to you. No, and I don't think even right. any of us want to really do that. Okay. But if we have to. Okay. That's okay. it. Thank you. <laughs> Commissioner Geller. Thank you, Commissioner Geller. Uh, we have a shade meeting at 12:30. I got it. All right. Guys. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, all right. Actually, I've got a series of questions now. Because originally, I was just going to ask a question on that. But first, um, I, I agree with what Commissioner Fur said in reference to what should and should not be included. Uh, I think, and I discussions I've had with the Mayor of Hollywood, I've specifically told him based on what you have told me and what the county administrators told me, that we're planning on buying the property for 900000 for the park, regardless of whether or not we do this. So that, that simply cannot be included as a cost here. Um, the first question, when you were talking about your list of potential costs, and in, again, my conversation with Mayor of Hollywood, the, uh, I have... I think what we need to include uh, at, that the city would uh, bear for the risk of cost is just say, look, this is how much it would cost us. And I understand there's some dispute as to how much it would cost us, whether it was 750000 850000 what those numbers are. But we need to get a number, and if that is from the Minetti report or if that's from binding arbitration or whatever. We need to figure out what that number is. But then just simply say, this is how much we'll pay. Whatever else it costs, city, if you're willing to assume whatever else it costs, that's the, that ha that's the definition of what a delta is. So I think if that's what we need to do, because a, a concern that I have is that that also, and in terms of operating, that that also needs to cover any indemnification, which we may or may not need to pay either Mr. Abel or any of the surrounding property owners, which again, the city continues to say won't occur, which is great, then it shouldn't be a problem. But if the report is correct, and I know it's been disputed, and City of Hollywood says that they can fix this with 
engineering so that they would not need to use a helicopter, would not need to close down the streets and potentially close down access to the CERC. Great, I hope that they're correct, but I think that when we're dealing with the delta, we need to say this is what our number is and this is what our number is for operating. And if we, you know, we have to be able to find a way to agree on what that number is that everybody accepts. But anything beyond that, including indemnification to the owner of the circle or any of the other neighbors, these are things that has to go to the city. Um, Ms. Henry, I wanted to ask you a question, and I think that Commissioner, let's follow up to what Commissioner Furr was talking about. Um, when do we expect the other towers to be complete? My understanding is that's by the end of the year. Is that still correct? That's, yes. The okay. end of the year, we should have sure. all of our tire, I mean, our towers up and, and modified and ready to go. Okay, and are you the telling? The 15, yes. Okay, yeah. and are you telling us that regardless of where we put it in Hollywood, whether it's on top of the Cirque or on West Lake, that I believe I heard you say that you thought that it would not be ready, uh, a 16th tower would not be ready to come online prior to at the earliest, the end of 2020. Is that correct? So this is, uh, no. Okay. Um, what, what our goal is to have our towers up by the end of the year, modify, go through the, um, the uh, getting them looped together, um, and that we hope that that could take place by the end of the first quarter of 2020, um, which is, I mean, our fiscal year 2020. And um, the conversation about the CERC and others, because there is a lot of uncertainty um, it could be as long or as short. We are now in, you know, we're approaching October. So if we have to engineer and we have to do various and sundry things um, to accommodate the CERC or, uh, or another um, uh, location, then whatever that time is, is that time. I, I just don't, I can't uh, say definitively what The what, reason what I'm asking is. you, Ms. Henry, is if we're told that it will be another month, that there'd be a one month delay uh, before the entire system goes online to accommodate uh, a tower in Hollywood, I'd be prepared to wait a couple weeks or a month. I'm not prepared to wait another year where, or even six months where, the, where we are not going to have the correct uh, service in the rest of the the other 15 sixteenths of the county I'm, I'm simply not willing to wait so, so that's why I'm trying to figure out or how long of a delay you think it could be or would be Ma Ma mayor miss Henry can I mention one other fact that I, I did mention before but I think uh, would uh, allow additional analysis on that there's a tremendous disagreement between the city and the county as to how any potential CERC installation would occur, which is part of what's driving the, the cost disparity. And, and just to reinforce that, in the proposal that came to me, this was either last night at 6.33 or this morning, it also added that uh, the city wants to be the project manager at CERC uh, for all non-Motorola installation items, and we'll provide those items to Motorola specifications. 
you know, ultimately to their specifications would be great, but it, it seems as though the city would like to engage in some redesign and re-engineering of what's going to occur, and it, it just doesn't seem feasible that that is something that could uh, be resolved within 30 or 60 days, even if we could get the lease issue resolved. And we have not had communications with the landlord uh, for several months, even though the city has been having Excuse me, Council. Um, you know, I'm just sensing here our commissioners, we, we need to move forward on 54 in any of these discussions. They don't want, you know, just talk another 30, 45 minutes we, you know, on the same issue on the CERC. Uh, you could certainly do it. I'm just telling you that uh, um, this, uh, you know, I, I will wrap up in one statement yeah. now then, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. Um, I think that the city of Hollywood would make a mistake to put it on top of the CERC, but I'm prepared to let them make that mistake because I've tried to respect local government. Oh. So, but I, what I am not willing to do is delay this. So what at the appropriate time, Mr. Mayor, which may be today, may be at a future meeting, you know, I would, you know, I guess agree with what I think I heard uh, uh, Commissioner Furr say. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, if they're willing to assume all of the extra payments, I'm willing to go along with that, but I, you know, I'm not willing to delay the installation for the other 50 and 60ths of the county, and we're gonna have to do whatever is necessary to get on board with that and let the city of Hollywood join us whenever they're ready. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, Commissioner Furry, I'm Fisher, you're next in line, and then Com Commissioner Sharif. Mayor, Mayor, I just they, wanted they, to they try to yet. try to make this as simple as possible. I don't want to continue to delay the item. And, and, and unfortunately, we're not okay. having an executive session to be able to discuss any type of negotiations uh, as City of Hollywood has had to do. Having said that is, you know, is this, I'm going to ask this commission if they're able to come up with a, a, a a solution to go back to the city with and I, I would recommend the follow me because I think it's a combination of what Commissioner Furr talked about is to uh, the cost as it as he talked to about the one component where he would be agreeable to have that cost as far as the rising of that that be part of the cost number two is Commissioner Geller talked about defining what those costs would be if we had those two components and we went back to the city and said okay we're agreeing to that we're agreeing to have a fixed cost of what it costs to do at Westlake Park. If you will go by the ILA that you agreed to, to put it on CERC, to me, that would be a compromise I would be willing to live with. End of story, otherwise we move on. I'm willing to go with the CERC based on the ILA that they, they signed with the two options of defining the cost, what Commissioner Geller said, and, the, and having the cost factor of that. That's how I would be willing to do it. And let's put this bed one way or the other. But I think that would be, I would be willing to do that. So put that out there as almost a motion if you want to. It, Vice Mayor Holness, then yes. Commissioner Sharif. To be honest with you, this is nonsense that we have in this discussion still. Uh, the additional cost is going to be a burden to the taxpayers of Hollywood not just the number of people who live in Westlake. I mean, I can't believe we're going through all these, these knots, twists, and turns just because some people don't want a tower in their backyard while we hold hostage the rest of the county. Makes no sense at all. 
We're risking, this young lady came up and read this thing about we're jeopardizing folks. They're jeopardizing folks' lives right now. Because the longer it takes, the more likely something might go right. wrong. And if it goes wrong... So let's pass 54 and stop so, talking. So, so my motion is that we... I make the motion that we pass, uh, move forward. Uh, well, I have to read it I haven't read it. I, I have to read it's the second. motion. Yeah. You don't have to read it. Commissioner Shreve. I, I was going to call the question on item 54 because the discussion at this time is in the Council? Council, I need to just... Walk you through for one, uh, one minute the amendments to the item, so we don't want to pass as it shows in the agenda. There, are, as you know, right. some material. I also just wanted to respond to Commissioner Fisher for one second. Uh, the reason we haven't done a shade meeting uh, is because we have a, a different view of what would be permissible at this time, pursuant to shade meeting, based upon the limited scope of the litigation we filed. City attorney sees it differently than we do. That's the only reason. Uh, it, do I need to read 54? Mayor, I'm happy to walk you through very quickly just the changes, and then Fine. you can move it, second it, and Fine. do whatever you like. Okay? Go. Okay. And, and so there were two pieces of additional material that were distributed. Uh, they make changes to uh, exhibits two and three. Uh, exhibit two, it would extend the closing of the Aiken property until 1231 of 19. We thought we wanted six months. We're only getting three. We also were willing to pay 5000 a month rent. Uh, it's 9000 So those are the changes on exhibits two and three. On exhibit one, we distributed something saying that when we go to Tamarack tomorrow and we ask Tamarack to sign what we, what we call the skinny ILA, we're also going to ask Tamarack to include a right in there that if it, it doesn't work out that there's a property swap, that instead of Tamarack deeding the Aiken property to the county, at the county's demand, it would deed it to a, a municipality. Uh, so those are the only changes. And then with that, uh, we would ask that uh, the board uh, consider the item oh, as yeah. amended by that. Move the item as amended. Yes, by, by the additional material. Yeah. Right. Move the item as, addended by the, by, as amended by the additional material. I have a motion. Second. A second. Parts A through D, just to be clear. A through D. I have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show that passing unanimously. Um, Commissioner Udine, is yours a 60-second, uh, 57? Is that 60 seconds or going to take a while? Okay, item 57 is a motion to direct the Office of County Attorney to draft an agreement with the City of Coral Springs to provide funds for the Martin Luther King Jr. Scholarship Fund in the amount of $5,000 and authorize the County Administrator to execute the agreement and take all necessary administrative and budgetary actions required to implement the same. Any discussion? I have some leftover money in my office budget. I wanted yeah, to give it to and, you. And, and, and if I may, I'm not sure how much I have, but I'd love to piggyback on that to give CAC for a citizenship drive that we do. I don't think, uh, I think you have to, council, does he have to put in his own do item? Do I have time uh, to, to do that from my budget also at the next meeting? Yes, sir. Okay, good, thanks. Okay, uh, do I have a motion? Second the item. Second, second the motion. motion. Motion second, item 57, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Show item 57 passing, and, 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 and Commissioner Geller, is yours going to be a while? No, that's three, three minutes. Uh, okay, we're going to first thing, we're going to go to 56, huh? We're going to go to item 56. We have, um, yes. we have uh, 10 speakers. Okay, Mr. Mayor, I'll be very quick. And they won't be long, but I, I hate for these folks to be okay. sitting here all morning and then not be able to speak, and you skip over us twice. No. Um, this is going to be uh, two minutes. Okay. Uh, oops. Hold on. Sorry. Okay, um, is it Dara Hill? Dava? She left. Okay. Um, Yesabel Oasis? 
I'm sorry, I pronounced your name wrong. You'll have to excuse me. Yes. Can you say, t tell me your name? Yes, it's Isabella Osses. Isabella Osses, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, hi, everyone. My name is Isabella. I go by Isa. Um, and I'm a taxpayer in the city of Pembroke Pines. Wow. I'm also a proud immigrant woman who came here only with her mother when she was 15 years old. Um, I have the immense privilege of holding a piece of paper that deems me worthy of not being persecuted by ICE. However, today I'm here on behalf of those who don't have that advantage. Our immigrant community, especially our undocumented neighbors, have been institutionally terrorized by our government. Every human being has the right to flee from violence, government corruption, and to be able to seek a better life, which is what my family um, well, my mom came here and showed me. With that being said, SB 168 is an attack on Latinx and Caribbean communities, and I'm here because I believe in democracy and the power we have if we lift up our voices and put ourselves in the shoes of others. Besides being unconstitutional, SB 168 would terrorize our community even more than they are right now. I firmly urge you to take a stand and join a lawsuit that will stop this bill from traumatizing and terrorizing people further. I beg you to please show compassion and stand in the right side of history. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Michelle Bart. <laughs> next would be um, Carlos Volnera. You're next. Michelle. Hello, and thank you for being for hearing me. Hello, my name is Michelle Bart, and I'm constituent of Broward County. I'm calling in regards to agenda item 56, and I want to urge the commission to vote yes on joining SB 168 lawsuit or amicus brief. It is known that the most vulnerable in our communities are the ones who are the most afraid to speak up when there is bullying and harm. With this, I am also someone who has experienced bullying as an immigrant, who has lived in Broward for most of my life since a young child, and I am also someone who has been a victim of violent crime. But even so, I have been grateful to live in our county and have been able to find strength, safety, and love with my community. Being here since I was five, I grew up to love my, to love my county and would not like to see it become a place of fear and bullying to where the relationship between the immigrant community and police is further broken due to harmful rhetoric to this anti-immigrant and xenophobic law. The federal government wants to erode the trust of local police with, with the police and our own communities. And there are so many different reasons to, not, to want to join in a lawsuit because it forces Broward to have to pay $4 million in increased local jail costs. That are going to be that are not going to be refunded. It costs $140 per day to keep a person detained in Broward County, in which Broward taxpayers are not responsible for, or they should not be responsible for to detain our immigrant families and people here. I'd like for us. To, I would like for you all to consider this, and and join us in this lawsuit so that we can continue to be a place of love, safety and protection in our communities. Thank you. Thank you. Council Dunain, do you have a motion to extend the meeting? Uh, yes. yes, yes, sir, but you should have a motion. Okay, uh, can I have a motion, motion to, extend to extend the meeting, the meeting until item, uh, item 56 and 58 
uh, are completed? So moved. I have, second. I have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show that passing unanimously. Next would be, um, as I mentioned, Carlos Valnera. Hello, Mayor and Commissioners. Uh, so like everybody here, we're very concerned because of the environment that is coming to our very communities. Migrant communities are being targeted throughout the nation, and now, once again, this is coming to our backyards. I live in Hollywood, uh, a city that is full of migrants. This is Broward, a city that is full of migrants. And again, we just want to encourage you to join this lawsuit. Uh, it is something that you have the complete right to do. When you see a law that is unjust, you have the right to challenge it. And joining such a cause would have no cost at all for you. Uh, SB 168 requires things that are very broad. Uh, it, it, it gives no specificity to what, what, what it wants to do. Uh, not only that, but along with the barbarity of this law, there's also huge costs related to this bill. There's estimates of something like $4.6 million being spent because of similar cooperation that the county has done with things like this. Uh, it talks about things like best efforts, right? The language itself is very broad, and it leaves the room for you know, the discretion of a county to choose to act otherwise and refuse to cooperate with something that is terrorizing migrant communities. Not only that, that the, the, the law itself is underpinned uh, under a, a, an unconstitutional basis. Immigration, immigration enforcement powers are a federal issue. Now, in this climate that is so terrible, those issues are being imposed on counties and municipalities, creating the basic unconstitutional dynamic that we're talking about. We also know that there are cities in South Florida that are joining the lawsuit against this type of thing. And so because cities are joining it, uh, I think everybody should, should here should support joining that, that, that lawsuit and that effort. And not only Thank that, you. but lastly, on Hispanic Heritage Month, of all months of, on Hispanic Heritage S Month. Sir, I need you to wrap up. I'm sorry. Okay. So, but anyway, just to finish, this is unconstitutional. This is a hateful bill. This is something that is going to increase a lot of cost. You need to protect the taxpayers. And on Hispanic Heritage Month, we need you to, to join the effort. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Uh, next is Victoria Mesa. And then after Victoria, morning, Paula, excuse me, next, no Paula Munoz, Munoz, come on down. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Good, good morning, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Vice Mayor, Commissioners. And I'll try to make it short because I might be able to answer questions uh, that you might have regarding this bill. My name is Victoria Mesa Strada, and I'm an attorney with the Southern Poverty Law Center. We are one of the organizations that brought this lawsuit. Uh, we represent several plaintiffs, including the city of South Miami. Uh, so today, I mean, we, we have been talking about what can a place like Broward County could do. And with the SB 168 bill being implemented on October 1st, we have very obvious concerns. You have heard from people talking here about how the law is so vague, how the law really doesn't, ex it's so expansive that it doesn't really provide cities or municipalities, counties, enough information to understand what are they supposed to do in these moments. It's extremely broad and it's very concerning. National data, data has proven 
that when law enforcement is entangled with immigration, racial profiling increases. And we are going to see that. How are we supposed to train our officers so they can distinguish between an immigrant and an undocumented immigrant? I'm a US citizen, and for every time that I open my mouth and people hear my accent, there might be a concern that I might be prolonged in a detention. Traffic stops are connected directly to one of, it, it, they're so connected to the deportation pipeline, and the studies have proven that. So I'm happy to answer any questions. I think it's definitely better that you hear from the residents, but I really encourage you to think about this. This is something that you are able to do. You are able to constitutionally challenge this law. This doesn't put you in any legal risks whatsoever. You have a right to challenge the law. If the law is implemented as of October 1st, just you will follow the law, the challenge will continue, and then we'll wait for a decision from the judge. So I really encourage you to take that in mind. Um, I'll finally say that uh, think about taxpayers' costs. This lawsuit does not require Broward County in any point to spend one dime. The Southern Poverty Law Center will take all the costs associated with this litigation. So there should be no concern regarding taxpayers' money. However, in the other hand, having to deputize every sheriff in Broward County to do this kind of work for immigration will cost money to taxpayers. So take, account, take into account those things. I'll give you the perfect example to why this law is so absurd. If we are in the business of trying to you know, enforce federal laws, why don't we do the same with taxpayers that do not pay taxes? We're not in that business either. So why are we making, well, I mean, it's absurd that this law passed at the state level trying to deputize sheriffs to enforce immigration laws. We're not doing that with any other federal laws. Um, this, the city of South Miami actually shared some numbers with us that were very enlightening. In the past, about 10 years ago, they used to have their sheriffs do DUI checkups with ICE. And when that happened, the clearance rate, that meaning the number of crimes that were resolved, actually fell dramatically. The moment that the city of South Miami stopped collaborating with ICE on those traffic stops, the, the, the clearance rate went up again. So keep in mind those things. And with that, I'll yield my, five minutes, my second time to anybody else, or I'm happy to answer any questions. I would just like to say, I think uh, Southern Poverty Law Center does a lot of great work. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Paula Munoz? Um, I'm sorry, Paula. Um, uh, good afternoon, Commissioners. My name is Paula Munoz. Um, I was able to talk to many of you. so. Uh, um, I'm here to urge you all to please consider joining the lawsuit against anti-immigrant Senate Bill 168 or the amicus brief. This bill requires for all counties in Florida to sign a cost-sharing agreement between their county jails and ICE. It creates a tie between law enforcement and ICE and erodes public safety and real democracy. It forces counties to have a tie between two different agencies. This will create so much fear that our communities are already experiencing due to the current administration. The cost of having detainer holders so high, um, I sent you all information on the estimated financial cost of the detainer contracts, and that is just from the jail costs uh, calculations. It is so concerning to me as an immigrant in this, con in this county that this will be affecting our communities. Miami-Dade uh, costs uh, due to this was about 13 million, uh, and after Mayor Jimenez adopted detainer policy. 
Even he was against SB 168 and lobbied against it. I know all the effects. I know that the effects will just be really harmful for our community in every way possible. And uh, there is something you all can do about this, and I implore you to do so and take leadership as you have in the past in signing on to this lawsuit. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dara Hill. Come on up. Who's she? Who's that? Come on up. Sure. I'm sorry. What's your name? You just put Lily on here, I think. Right? Lily. Lily. Okay. Hola, mi nombre es Lily. Soy residente de Bragua hace ya 20 años. Soy propietaria de una casa donde vivo con mis, mis hijos y yo. Un jovencito de 17 años y una princesa de 5 años. Ambos nacidos aquí. Mi esposo Walter ha vivido aquí por 30 años. Y en febrero fue a un chequeo de rutina con alguien en el edificio de Miramar. Donde fue detenido. En marzo, él fue deportado. Y mis hijos y yo quedamos solos. Con lo sucedido, mi situación económica es muy complicada. Sigo pagando con mucho esfuerzo el morgues, los seguros y los tasas de mi casa. Hoy estoy aquí porque quiero pedirles a esta comisión que se una a la demanda en contra de la ley antimigrante. SB 168. Yo no quiero que sigan gastando el dinero que pagamos en aterrorizar a familias como la mía. Yo quiero que Braguar siga siendo un lugar donde los inmigrantes nos sintamos un poco más protegidos de esta persecución que estamos siendo víctimas. Quiero que ustedes puedan hacer algo en contra para protegernos hoy. Lo hago, lo hagan y que con esto dé un ejemplo al resto del Estado. Gracias. Sure. Um, my name is Lily and I have been a resident of Broward for over 20 years. I'm a homeowner and live with my children, a young man of 17 years of age and a little princess who is only five, both who are born in the U.S. My husband, Walter, and I have lived here for 30 years, and in February, during a regular checking with ICE at the Miramar Detention Center, he was detained. With this incident, my economic situation is very complicated. I am still, with a lot of effort, paying my mortgage and taxes that come with my home. Today, I'm here because I want to ask you, commissioners, to join the lawsuit against anti-immigrant bill SB 168. I don't want to further any further funding to go into terrorizing families like my own. I want Broward to continue to be a place where immigrants like myself feel more protected from persecution that already affect us. I would want you to have that have the power to do something to help protect us today to do so and be an example as always to the rest of the state. Thank you. Gracias. Next would be uh, Sean Atkinson.
Hello. Uh, thank you, Mr. Holness, for, for putting this on the agenda. I am here also to ask you to defeat um, SB 168 and also to save $4 million a year that it will cost. But more importantly, what SB 168 represents is the, uh, the radicalization, the right-wing radicalization of our legal system. We all hoped, well, I don't know about all, but many of us hoped that Trump would come and go like a storm and he wouldn't get to do much damage, but this is the beginning of the legal damage that's going to affect all of us. I stand here in relative luxury, having been born white, having been born in Minnesota, and I may think I have no, no personal risk here, but my God, as, as we begin to see our country turn into 1930s Germany, we can now answer the question, what would we have done? We're all brought up to, to revere the greatest generation because they fought Nazism successfully. And many, some of us have, that are into history have wondered what I've been able to do anything like that. Well, you can now answer the question. You can now fight SB 168, and I'm not, I'm sure, other rules that will come down in the next legislative effort. And you will be able to tell what would you have done in 1930s Germany if you, would, if you would have stood with those being taken outside or not, because this is the start of it. But it's definitely something that we should treat just as seriously. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Uh, Maria Bilbao. I'm sorry? She was supposed to come I, I just put you at the last because I, you know, you'll, you'll get called. I've tried you three times already. I know. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Okay. Hello. My name is Maria Bilbao. I am an immigrant. I was undocumented for 17 years. I've been living in this country for 19 years. I'm a resident now. And in the future, I will become a citizen and I will vote. Today I'm here because I want to ask this commission to join the lawsuit against the anti-immigrant bill SB 168. I do not want to continue wasting the money that we pay in taxes to terrorize families. I want Broward to be an example. I want Broward to remain a place where immigrants feel more protected from the persecution that we are being victims. This is a critical moment in this country. We have, you have power, and you can choose to be in the right side of the history. And I will finish with something that I heard and I love it. There is nothing radical about moral clarity. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Dara Hill. We made it, finally, huh? Thank you, sorry. Um, my name is Dara Hill. I grew up in Broward County um, and came back here as a caregiver for my parents. I'm second generation American. When I was growing up in Broward County, um, I attended McNichol Middle School when the Marielitos were coming in. I attended middle school and high school with people who came as refugees and who were escaping horrible conditions from all over the world, including Vietnam, including the Soviet Union. Um, people who had escaped uh, Chile, one of, one of the boys at my bus stop, his uncle and his cousin had been disappeared. I grew up surrounded by immigrants, and before I came back here to take care of my parents, I had spent 15 years teaching, among other things, uh, within Jewish studies, Holocaust studies. And the idea that we would have a law on the books that would criminalize 
immigrants and immigrant status is terrifying. Um, there have already been a number of public letters that were signed by academics from all over the country. Um, that the state of Florida would sign on to this is horrific, but that the county would then be put into a position without your vote that the sheriff would have been allowed to have signed something um, and that that would be authorized by the state indicates how deeply problematic this law is. Um, please, please sign on to this lawsuit. This lawsuit is unconstitutional and it is immoral. Thank you. Thank you. Unless it be Roberto Benanides. Okay. That that. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, that bring it back to the dais, uh, Commissioner uh, Vice Mayor Holness. This is your item. Yes. First, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center is a vanguard for justice, vanguard uh, of justice for all people. I know you work closely with the NAACP, amongst many other civil rights organizations. So, your joining this is to be commended. And for all those who spoke, I know it's not easy to get up here and speak to us. Thank you for your courage to stand up, to stand up for those who are not able to for themselves. This issue will work to erode the trust that our community have in law enforcement. This is a law passed by our state And too often, we scapegoat others in an effort to politicize our system to gain votes. And that's unfortunate. County attorney, we are at this space, and I know we have much more to go on our agenda, and we have a shade meeting that we've delayed uh, without spending a whole lot more time than what the audience have done, and I think they spoke eloquently and addressed the issues in a very serious way. Our options here uh, are to join the lawsuit or to file an amicus brief. Uh, would you walk us through that process and how we get there? Yes, Vice Mayor, I, I would uh, call up if uh, the board wants us to get into uh, answering specific process questions, Assistant County Attorney Joe Gironi. Uh, to address those on the status. But before doing that, uh, I just wanted to let you know that because of the current procedural posture of the case, uh, and there's a uh, preliminary injunction hearing that's set for this Thursday that's been fully briefed, uh, it would be our recommendation at this time just to monitor the proceedings to see what happens at Thursday's preliminary injunction hearing. And after the ruling is issued, to analyze whether it would make sense and to, to present to the board uh, the options of potentially intervening into the trial court action or if uh, assuming you know, a ruling is issued on the preliminary injunction, it's likely to be appealed immediately to the 11th Circuit uh, to consider the, the filing of an amicus brief at the 11th Circuit. Getting involved in the case right now, given the pr uh, procedural posture, we think would not add anything to it. Uh, and so therefore, we'd like to continue to monitor it and present the board's options uh, probably at the next meeting, uh, assuming that the ruling has occurred on the preliminary injunction. Mr. Mayor, if, if it's appropriate, I would move what he just said. Thank you. And, and if you have question, specific questions uh, about the lawsuit, uh, the statute, or the options, uh, Assistant County Attorney Joe Gironi is here and 
could walk you through that, but I defer to the board as to whether you would like that at this point. Well, this is just a motion to discuss. Yeah, but, but the motion can be made to-, to Absolutely. To, is there a motion okay. being made? I, I was just going to move. Well, essentially, so, what his motion is to defer it for one meeting. We'll bring it back to our next at, meeting. At the next meeting when we know what the ruling is. That, that's basically what your motion okay. is. He wants to speak. Yeah. If, if, yeah, yes, but to, to set it, uh, plan on setting it for the, the 15th, and if there's no ruling before then, then perhaps the 22nd, but to bring it back so that the board can hear uh, what we believe the options are after we know what the ruling is. Yeah, because there's no chance to do anything Schaffer? between now and Thursday. Commissioner Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a sideline thing that's happening at the same time of this, and that's the fact that there are, so, there are lots of people needing to go to legal aid and needing actually help because of extra people being detained, et cetera. I know we fund legal aid to the point about 1.4 million. We're gonna be doing that again, but, but the money that we have right now is, is not allowed to be used for that. I say that because I, later today we're gonna to be looking at our budget and they are in dire need of having one attorney at least to deal with the, this issue. They've got over four or 500 um, people that, they, that have no attorney on this. That's a great idea. So just something to be thinking about for later. Um, this issue is uh, you know, right, on, right on the spot for that. Yeah. Okay, do I have a motion to bring okay. this back to October 15th? So, so, okay, so, so basically let's clarify, on October 15th, uh, at our next meeting, we're gonna bring an item to file an amicus brief or to join the lawsuit, depending on, depending on what happens this Thursday or prior to that, or do we, nothing. We, we, we would understand the direction to be to bring back what the uh, board's options, which would include, okay. which would include those two, but yes. uh, we, we, we would have to conclude that we could add value to it, and given the posture, we know we can't now, so let's see what the ruling is, and, and we would plan on briefing you, and if there's a ruling, bringing back an item for the Great. 15th. So you'll bring uh, options back for our next meeting yes, uh, the, on the 15th. Mr. Mayor, to clarify, uh, the county attorney said the 15th or the 22nd, depending on when the ruling came down. So my motion is to following what the county attorney says, that at the meeting immediately following the court ruling, which we expect would be either the meeting on the 15th or the 22nd. The office of the county attorney will bring an item back on the agenda. And, and supplemental okay. if required. If we have to do it on short notice, we'll okay. do it supplemental. I got a motion, do I have a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Show that passing um, eight zero. Um, let's go to number item 58. Um, item 58 is motion to discuss potential rescission of the agreement approved on August 27, 2019, agenda item number 21 between Broward County and Chen Moore and Associates, Inc., request for proposals, engineering services for water and wastewater services, category one, distribution collection systems. Um, we have two uh, people to speak on this, uh, two public speakers. The first one is Bernie Friedman. Bernie Friedman. Okay, take it. Take your time. Take let everybody out. Uh, can you guys be uh, please uh, be I quiet? Think his anyway, I know the hours late, and I have talked with Senator Geller, Pro and I, I think uh, Peter Moore is here also. I mean, not really sure the genesis of this, but I know Chen Moore played by the rules. They won fair and square. There were no bid protests. There were no objection letters. There was really nothing. Uh, during the process, I think purchasing did a great job. There was a great selection committee of very esteemed staff that uh, ranked it the way they saw it. 
Uh, so I'm not really certain what Chen Moore did or why on earth we would rescind it. They've already begun work under the contract. There are a bunch of CBEs. Uh, I know that Senator Geller uh, uh, had said that uh, he's trying to work something else out. So I do appreciate that. And with that, I'll uh, let you all get to work. Thanks. Sure. Um, next speaker is Peter Moore. Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioner, Staff, thank you all. Also, be brief. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Peter Moore. I'm the president of Chen Moore Associates. We're a 33-year-old business that was founded here in Broward County and continues to maintain our headquarters here in Broward County. I myself was born in Broward County, and I'm currently raising my family here. Since the inception of the firm, we've worked for Broward County. We started as a subconsultant MBE firm, and we've grown into a prime consultant CBE firm, and we've graduated from the CBE program. So we have our operations for our nearly 70-person company headquartered here in Broward County. As a graduated CBE firm, we recognize the importance of assisting and mentoring small businesses. So this project just doesn't impact us. It impacts nearly 100 employees uh, of the five CBEs, all headquartered here in Broward. The selection of pro professional services is not a perfect process. Just two years ago, we received four first place votes and one second place vote, and yet still lost the procurement because of the way the points were totaled. Uh, while the system isn't perfect, it is consistent for all firms on a given procurement. Each one of these proposals can cost us between forty dollars and $100,000 to pursue, so we don't make a decision to pursue these lightly. For the subject contract, we've already submitted three task orders, which were currently being processed, and two of these are to provide construction administration services for construction projects that are about to be awarded. So uh, any termination of our agreement would leave these two projects without field support for water and wastewater services. In closing, I've been with Chen Moore for more than 20 years, and during that time, we've won projects and we've lost projects. The process to select these, pro these processes has changed over the years, but the selection committee are always consummate professionals of the highest level, and purchasing staff always does a fantastic job of managing whatever process they were presented. We deserve to keep this contract and continue to perform at the highest level for Briar County. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Geller, since this is your item, you'll go uh, first? Yes, sir. I, I probably will be the only person well, speaking. Well, we have Commissioner Furr wants to speak. Want to okay. I think, I think every, every commissioner here knows that when I see a, uh, a selection committee where one vote is way out of whack with everything else, 100% of the time I'm going to ask for more information on that. Uh, in this case, and the example that they gave actually was four years ago, but it, had I been on the commission, I wasn't, I would have done exactly the same thing on that. Um, but this was a case where three people ranked one company, Craven Thompson number one, one ranked them number two, and one of the five ranked them uh, last, or I'm sorry, I think it was last, it could have been seven. Uh, it was last by an eight-point margin, and they ended up losing, even though they ranked number one by three and one by and second by two, and then eighth out of eight. I met with the person who did that ranking. I know he acted in good faith, but his answers with, were not sufficient to satisfy me. What annoyed me the most is I had said all along that when this came up for award, I intended to ask that it not be awarded under this. However, it was awarded because the county had, we have changed our procedures, so I never got to see that this was the one that had the one anomaly. So I have brought this up for discussion purposes. I am not going to ask that it be rescinded based on the fact that 
Ms. Sapero has told me that we will now be changing our procedure so that the commissioners will again, like we used to up until about 10 months ago, have the opportunity to see discrepancies like this before it comes up. And if I can ask Ms. Sapero to explain the new procedure and assuming that it's what she's represented, then I'm done here. Okay, so Ms. Sapero, if you can explain the new procedure. Yeah, so on a weekly basis, you guys receive um, an email from purchasing that ex um, explains all the low bids. When we had the change in the procurement um, code to um, streamline and expedite some, some uh, solicitations, we, we implemented a system that would then, uh, you guys get notified on low bids. What I have um, explained to Senator Geller is that what we're going to do is change it so that in, if there's an RFP or an RLI that has, that's clean, where it has no objections and no protests, the current process today is that those items would go directly to the county administrator for final ranking and that did not come to this board until the final agreement, which the one that we're in discussion on today did come back to the board for final agreement on August 27th, but you guys did not see it during the final ranking where you would have gotten those um, ranking score sheets. So what we're going to do is into, um, integrate on that weekly email that you get for the low bids, we're now going to also include the RLIs that are clean, um, actually all RLIs and all RFPs. Um, so we're going to do it concurrently when, when the evaluation committees are finished and those score sheets are put into place. We are now going to include all of those into this email that you guys get and we will attach the score sheets. So it will, we don't hold it up any longer, so it'll go concurrently. So the um, protest period will go concurrently so that you guys will get those and you will have five days just like you have for the low bids to let us know that you want something pulled off and brought to this commission for the final ranking to be discussed. So there'll be full transparency um, and no one should miss any, any opportunity to bring something okay. forward. Mr. Mayor, based on Ms. Sapero's explanation on future, I agree it was not the fault of Chen Moore, but I was very unhappy with the, that we did not have an opportunity to get this information. A hundred percent of the time I intend to bring the attention of this commission if there's an outlier, a real outlier, but based upon that, I'm now satisfied I will no longer be asking for the motion for rescission unless, uh, all right, in that case, I'm done. I think the stress that's been caused, he now should get a raise. <laughs> I think the guy, he deserves a raise. <laughs> um, are we withdrawing the item? No, we, we finished. Oh, motion discussed. We discussed okay. it. I discussed um, it. If everybody's acceptable, I'm going to skip the, all our individual reports so we can move forward. Um, I, I have to say this. Uh, this regular county commission meeting is adjourned so the board can attend an executive session relative collective bargaining pursuant to section 447.605 of the Florida statutes. The closed portion of the meeting will be in room 430. We will return here at 5 o'clock today for the second bu budget public hearing. Please stay tuned and, and tune in. FitzCExpo.com. F-I-T-C-E-X-P-O.com. I have to do that. To the millions of people out there, FitzE.com. FitzEXpo. Fitzy, I'm sorry, FitzEXpo.com.